the Protect Your Neck Podcast, UFC San Antonio Recap, and Bellator 293 and PFL 1 Preview. Let's go. This year program, the Protect Your Neck podcast, we break down high-level MMA, but in a slightly different way this week. We're going to be doing a recap, which, to be honest, is sometimes ends up as long as the breakdowns here, but no uh, UFC card to break down this week. Um, so I'm going to actually look at some PFL and Bellator, a little bit of a light preview, but perhaps a bet and a strong lean hidden in one of two if not both events so there, there there will be some tidbits for you degenerates there although i'm not promising much but happy to be here nonetheless uh at dan tom mma if you're listening on the audio platforms whether you're listening on audio platforms by the way five star ratings and reviews on itunes would be awesome uh, hopefully we'll be getting this sh- show to you guys uh you know on stitchers and SoundClouds and all that fun stuff uh you know, this year got some more uh, announcements in that regard for content. Actually, on this year episode, it's all going to be coming to you. So, check the timestamps. I uh, probably won't get too fancy with the timestamps today, depending on how it goes. Should be fairly straightforward, but also a loosely formatted show. These rare off weeks, these recap only shows. Uh, you know, we can go a little more listener question happy. I, in fact, I already got an early one on Twitter. Shouts to my man Mark Fellows MMA. Of course, there. Uh, he uh, submitted it. Uh, a non-MMA question. He's like, I hope you don't mind the non-MMA ones. And I'm like, I love the non-MMA questions. His is Korean barbecue related, so it's very important. Um, so really good stuff there. So yeah, again, I am not a professional. Um, you know, you 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 know, you'll get like, you know, about as professional as the Bill Burr podcast as far as advice goes. But I'm more than happy. To answer everything, Burgundy will read what is on the screen. Uh, I'm going to share this out, but we got a uh, real quick. We got Chronic Combat Conversations in the house. Got to roll one up for the goat. Oh, roll one up and smoke it for me, my guys. Um, thinking Wilkinson and Lucknane roll here, promote their homegrown talent. Uh, I could be leaning in that direction. I'll talk more about those fights there. But yeah, uh, they are big favorites for a reason. I don't disagree with that. we got my man Alvin Yakatori in the house. MMA has so many themes about developing personal strengths and seeing the success of others. Absolutely. Um, absolutely. It's, it's, a, it's a big inspiration. Um, you know, uh, kind of like I tweeted and was a little bit vague about some of the stuff that I was uh, bothering your boy here last week. Um, you know, just uh, I'm going to the doctor tomorrow, but basically it was a uh, could check out a possible hernia. Hopefully not, because that means another surgery. And um, 
you know, surgeries and stuff aren't fun, but whatever I and perhaps you go through, I, I think of back to what Alvin said, a lot of the stories of these fighters, we forget that they're actually real people and we think of them superhuman in unfair ways when really we should probably humanize them more. And if we are going to look at any kind of uh, superhuman air quote things, it's kind of the stuff that these people, uh, the adversities that they overcome outside of the, of the cage or the ring or whatever, right? Um, that, that to me at least, I'm not saying it has to be this way for you or it is this way for you, to each their own. But for me, I find that stuff really inspiring. So, uh, yeah, great, great shout there. Um, Alvin continues, says, you know, why is it so hard to remember in the MMA community that other people don't always have to be put down for failures? Yeah, there's definitely that too. We, Alvin continues, we watch MMA to restore our tolerance of humanity and appreciate the hard work of our peers. In a perfect world, my friend, in a perfect world, some of us watch it just to, to you know, for violence and money, but uh, yes, the higher minds of us, you know, ideally, I, I, I don't disagree. And I appreciate the positive uh, optimism there and the, the reminders at the very least to be positive. Uh, appreciate you guys. We got Rain Lamina in the house. Uh, the Macy Barber of considering to uh, the Macy Barber of considering to cancel my Fight Pass subscription harder and harder. The Corey Sandhagen of hopping off the Cheeto bandwagon. Sorry, I brutalized uh, reading that in proper uh, form, but I appreciate you, Rain Lamina. Of course, Mark Fellows, good to be here. Thanks for having me. Of course, always good to have you, Mark Fellows. You are the man. Down under. Um, let me share this, and we will uh, get to the show. How does that sound, folks? Going to do the uh, walk and talk, as if I haven't been doing it already. You know, you can't really tell. It's disjointed either way. <laughs> uh, appreciate you guys um, being here, though. We will start with the recap and then uh, go on. I'll get to you guys in the chat, too, as well, of course. Bada boom. Hopefully you guys are doing well. And um, I didn't, you know, I don't know. I try not to look at the gambling side of Twitter too much on the feed. I just try to keep it to the news because that's like crazy enough, and news is already a bummer enough, you know. Um, I just try to keep it pertinent and whatnot. Um, let's see here. Live now. We'll just go with a live now. People can figure it out. It's attached to a grander post. Um, so, yeah, like, I, I guess I probably wouldn't see this as much, but. You know, it's not really just, it's really anybody in the MMA space. I don't know why I started off by limiting to gamblers, but I didn't really see many people complaining about the week off, which is good because it's like, uh, you know, I spent the last couple days, as I always do, no matter how hard I want to get on it and how much things I stack for myself to do and accumulates for me to do on these rare UFC off weeks, I am just a zombie for like the first few days because especially coming off these like whether it's an eight to up to like 13 week runs that we go on with multiple events each week right uh, depending on what you cover for me it's Bellator and UFC is the, the main monster in the room dude I'm just worn out like I'm just like a zombie I can't scrape myself off the pavement um, I know it's hard to ask because it's not like this is a normal job I do nor really should it be uh, to be like, do you guys feel that way too? But I guess anybody that has like a very consuming, uh, whether it be mentally, physically, both, emotionally, whatever it is, right? Psychologically, emotionally, physically, psychologically, whatever the combo is, uh, or you work like crazy stretches where you don't have a day off for like a long time. Do you guys feel that way too? Is that normal? Because I just feel like a complete zombie. Like they could be like, Dan, the cure for cancer is on the other side of the room. I'd be like, do we got to get it today? 
you know, not to not to joke about that, but you know what I mean. It's like it's it's it, it's like that sometimes, um, and uh, you know, I, I get so, and I'm not going to get into the whole usual diatribe, but yes, the week to week, this and that. I know that's not normal uh, for people to spend as much time as I do, whether you work in the space or not, and most people don't. So believe me, I'm not looking for any sympathy at all. I'm very grateful to be doing what I'm doing. But I do just hate it when, when, when we do get the rare off week. I'm so grateful for these. I imagine my colleagues in their own way are very grateful for these when people are like, oh no, what am I gonna do? There's no USC and I'm like, y'all don't you have lives? Don't we have hobbies? Don't we have projects that we're doing? Don't we have families? Don't we have friends? Don't we have significant others, children? I don't know, you know, animals. Uh, so, you know, I, I tried my best to tend to my small circle and despite considering myself more grateful and aware than the average Joe and ha having a big circle to tend to, I fuck up all the time or just come up short, I should say, at the very least. So uh, I got to imagine, I got to imagine, e even those of you who are better at time management than me that have time for the fun stuff normally, so maybe it's not a big of a deal, you're just like, I'm missing a fun thing. I still got to imagine there's some really cool things that is in your to-do list that you haven't done. So I encourage you, get out there, uh, enjoy life, uh, grab it by the cojones or whatever you consider cojones. Uh, you know, get out there, get out there and, and get after it, man. Life is, life is not just short, it's too short, obviously. So um, hopefully you guys are enjoying the week. But yes, I'm still going to be giving you something this week, which is why I wanted to pop on here a day early. I know. I just I didn't want to wait till tomorrow because you know I felt like the bulk of it was going to be a recap. And the further we get away, you know how it goes. Probably would allow me the time to rewatch some stuff since again I I did a little bit of transit and uh, you know uh, unlike uh, a lot of times uh, you know definitely was not sober this time uh, watching it with friends uh, some friends who uh, came into town. Um, so yeah the. the prefacing my recap with that but yeah that's gonna kick off here uh, but I want to get to you guys here in the chat first and I'll, I'll touch on you guys a little more periodically than I normally do of course the super chat and all that stuff is on but it is not necessary Dan Tom will answer your questions and prioritize y'all just the same anyways obviously you know somebody you know pays money I'll do the you know I'll put on my uh, monkey suit and do the song and dance okay maybe not the suit but you know what I mean but yeah yeah Maybe I shouldn't be practicing song and dances. Some of you might get get the wrong idea. It's not that kind of a show. Uh, get, get pulled from YouTube. Uh, what is this guy doing? Uh, deposit your coins. <laughs> All right, uh, we got Ghost Phantom. Protect your neck with the baseball <laughs> with the baseball grip. Two on one. That's right, baby. Two on one. Uh, two on one. Oh, it's a, one of the it's one of the main things I sh you'll hear me shout from a corner. Two on one. Two on one. Um, you'd be surprised how much it tracks. Um, Rio says in Truesdale, what's up, Dan? Why is the UFC so lazy with card structure? Look at y'all. You're trying to set me off already, huh? Trying to get me going with the card structure. Um, they, they, they can be, man. I mean, like, uh, you know, like, <laughs> what was that stat? You know, uh, someone shared out and then uh, my guy Zane Simon quote tweeted it where it was like, essentially like, uh, it, it's two and something. For like it's only like two people like 35 and over have won fighting for titles at 170 or below and when you get above 170 or 170 and above I'm not sure how it's quite worded but it essentially goes from a disproportionate slide to like a 50-50 coin flip even if you're quote unquote older it's it's fantastic I mean that's something that we don't already know as far as how age goes but yeah um, 
I guess I just bring up middleweight because like that is the UFC's matchmaker's favorite division. Middleweight now is the stalwart opener of a card. I mean, why why men's 145 or 155? Why well-rounded, technical, proven talent who have the scramblings like a flyweight, uh, you know, but the uh, still carry knockout power. The sweet center, if you will. Fuck it. Who needs that? We got middleweight, baby. Co-main events. Uh, main events sometimes, too, if the light heavyweights and heavyweights are busy. Um, that is the card structure. Could you imagine, by the way, if they didn't make that adjustment and throw bantamweights at the top of the card? Like, at least they've been getting it right in the last couple. We've had Marab and Jan, you know, right? We got to give them credit where credit's due here. We had Sanhagen and Cheeto Vera. These are awesome fight night. These are awesome main events, especially for a fight night, especially this day and age for a fight night. So giving credit where credit's due, but, you know, um, you know, let's start there. UFC San Antonio. Uh, I'll, I'll be getting back to you guys in the chat throughout periodically. Don't worry. But, uh, yeah, UFC San Antonio, we essentially had uh, – it was a good night here for the podcast. We went um, – Six and four overall in picks. Oh, and one in the one total play, which was technically the biggest play of the night, but it did not matter the way we went because four out of three, or we went four and three, I should say. Not four out of three. That doesn't make sense mathematically. We went four and three. Four wins, three losses in the prop department. But in the prop department, you don't necessarily need more wins than losses, which we technically scored within this section because when you play for big number value, especially the round props like your boy likes to shoot, they're getting smarter on these round props too, by the way. We'll talk about that this past weekend as well as this upcoming weekend. You got to get, got a little, get a little creative now. Um, you really got to look a lot harder. But yeah, that, that's why I like playing the round props. You know, uh, no victory laps here though, folks. Again, this was a card. I'm going to keep that same energy. I was not looking forward to betting it last show. I did not have any bets going in. Of course, the fights that I researched afterwards uh, gave me a bit different feel there. And I was able to show my work. And for those of you who, uh, again, heed my warnings and are always sure to check out the TSN MMA show, not just for the interviews that my guy Aaron Bronstetter does over there, but for the pre-show that he does with uh, yours truly here is all the stuff that I don't get to, which is a lot. Um, by fight day, I've, I've been able to crank out my main card article, my prop squad, um, any other bets I was targeting, any other matchups I wanted to do some tape on. So sometimes you can get... A decent amount more than me on that show and um, showed my work there but still it's keep the same energy you know we'll get to it there were some good calls sure I appreciate it but this is luck it, it comes down to luck at the end of the day honestly you just you gotta you gotta gotta get lucky and you know what we've gotten some luck on our side recently and I'm very grateful for that uh, did not put anything aside from putting Sanhagen by decision in my round robin, which by the way, we went three out of four on the round robin. So it produced profit. Of course, three out of four isn't four out of four, which means the long shot parlay goes by the wayside. That's fine. Those things are only like five bucks on average anyways. Uh, and uh, that was it for plus 14.35 off the books. Of course, I actually did a lot better at the counter, which I usually don't play at the counter because I usually don't get out to the counters that much despite being in Vegas and working in the industry. But uh, when friends are in town, um, shout out to MMA Gambler, my guy, uh, my, my guy, a uh, forearm official there. Uh, when friends are in town, and the MMA Analysis Podcast, when friends are in town, I, I, I try my best. It's hard to make it out, like a hermit, you know, uh, but like, uh, yeah, man, um, I try to make it out, and uh, poor Lance, uh, I feel like I'm, I'm his, he's my good luck charm. I don't know if I'm his, but he's definitely mine, because last time we met up for fights, it was, um, uh, 
it was Lad versus uh, what do you call whatever. Uh, it was in like, October 21. It was like the same night I hit like some plus. They, they put a stupid number on Nemkov by submission at plus 2100. Remember I called that one, and uh, that was that. Yeah, that was a good night. Hit a hit a big Bellator parlay, and then uh, won on UFC, which was which was really nice. So <laughs> I don't know if I'm Lance's good luck, but I might have to make it out again uh, just just because of that. Now, uh, good dude. We had good times uh, watching the show uh, live. I, I was uh, again. Was a bit under the influence. Um, I was actually rooting for Vera at this point of the night because my friends had like Vera tickets at this point. Even though I could still, you know, produce two to three hundred extra, which I did um, off of that round robin hit. Uh, at you know, I'm I'm a kind of guy I'd, I'd rather I'd rather just root with friends, you know, and like I don't know. I've had some friends with like they love it when you lose, and they're like ah fuck you, you know, and I that's never been me I'm more opposite where like even if I lose a little bit but some friends win I'll join in that silver lining and like just be happy for them I know I can seem like a ruthless complainer hater on a lot of things and I won't deny that but you know my heart's not all bad uh, as I try to do keep that same energy as far as like god forbid acknowledging the other sides of things you know um, but yeah uh, I obviously scored it very clearly for Corey Sanhagen um, I felt like maybe one round uh, maybe the round, like, if you wanted to be cheeky and over-lean into the damage that we talk about often in the show, talked about last time, maybe you give one round to Vera, but of course, Texas being Texas, I told you guys, bet the split for this fight, the co-main, which actually missed, and we'll get to, um, uh, but the other fight that I recommended also hit, which was another WMA fight, no less, um, but again, not, although they don't definitely don't deserve defense, Texas Commission, Again, it's not like I'm like specifically like targeting these these people as people, you know, saying they wake up and twiddle their mustache. Let's be evil. Although you might be able to accuse that after their reassignment of Frank Colazzo, despite literally almost maybe, you know, maim permanently maiming and you know, God forbid, um, didn't. But you know, always the option could be killing somebody. Um, very dangerous, very dangerous uh, commission there. But like I said, folks, I don't say these things for nothing. It's not unfounded when someone criticizes that commission. Or when, you know, I try to uh, weaponize it and tell you, we know it's going to be bad, so let's just bet the splits. Um, I couldn't do it, so uh, hopefully you guys did. And I appreciate those of you guys tagging me and letting me know. It's, you know, not just the, the shout or the ego thing or this or that or any signs of respect, air quotes. It's uh, it, it genuinely makes me happy again to know that I helped uh, friends out there, friends of the show at the very least, make some money. So that's always good. Um, so hopefully you guys cashed on that. Maybe we should thank that judge in that case. But obviously, no, we cannot be a uh, degeneracy aside. Uh, it was obviously a very bad scorecard, 48-47 for Vera. Not sure where you give him one round. Really hard stretch to give him two off memory. I didn't go back and rewatch. Keep in mind, folks, much less three, you know. Um, I thought it was maybe more leaning closer to, you know, a 50-45 Sanhagen, to be honest. But again, I was, you know, I don't know if there's any 10-8s in there. We watching was sound off because it was March Madness time. So, like, everybody was, like, in the sports book. I went to Circus Sportsbook, um, which I'm sure you guys figured out. If you follow me on the socials and saw the tickets, uh, it says it on there. But, like, um, it was March Madness, so, like, everybody was going, ah, and I look up from my phone, like, oh, shit, did I just miss a knockout? And I'm like, oh, no, somebody put a ball on the hoop. Okay. Uh, so I thought it was just kind of funny. Uh, and I was even, like, uh, joking with uh, with my guy Lance. I was like, the dude next to me is going to fucking think I'm crazy if Pineda wins next, so I'm going to flip shit. Uh, sure enough, it did. Um, but uh, it was a, it was a good time. But, uh, yeah, Sanhagen wins by decision. Um, 
so yeah, I don't know. Um, I know they wanted to make Marab and Sanhagen. Uh, that's fine, I guess. I still want. Uh, I just want Yana Figueredo. That is all I want in life. Uh, Jimmy Kudo, Dan the Man. We are starved for good MMA content and PYN always delivers. I appreciate you, sir. Thank you, guys. Feel free to like and uh, talk in the uh, talk in the chat. Um, I'll get to you guys. I'm going to finish through this uh, recap. Of course, Holly Holm uh, defeated. I don't even realize I don't even have these uh, results up because I'm so good, aren't I? Um, Holly Holm uh, defeated Yana Kunitskaya, Mama Kunitskaya, Yana Santos, the name evolutions. Oh, boy. Um, and, uh, yeah, I didn't really watch too much of that one either. I was rooting for Santos because um, friends of uh, that I was with bet Santos. But, yeah. I, uh... Da, 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 da. Right, we got results here. Sorry. I'm so professional. I should have had this up already. Ba -ba -bum, ba -ba -bum. All right. Well, what the hell is the... Uh, what are the results here? Um, I don't see my normal link. You list it. Do you list it? All right. Uh, Wiki. It's got to add that on there. You know what's funny? I don't know about you guys, but I always Google start times, and I feel like I always get, like, the UK and Australia start times. I come up with my Google search first. Like, I can't find, like, my, my own outlet or, like, the normal out like, North American outlets that list the North American start times. Um, find that kind of weird. Um, but, yeah, Holly Holm uh, is a unanimous decision here. Um, and, again, it was March Madness, so, like, at this point, I think, like, after the Landwehr fight, by the Landwehr fight and, like, Maybe even by the barber fight, because I remember my ears being saved by her. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. It was a decision, so maybe they didn't give her the... Sorry, your ears. Uh, although, apparently, from what I hear, Holly Holm made up for it with her post-fight speech, huh? Apparently, she went um, the, uh, the Save the Children route, which, again, nothing wrong with looking out for children, but uh, let's be honest here, folks. Uh... She didn't do a great job of explaining her stance as it's only, you know, reasonable to believe that, you know, it was, uh, you know, dog whistle related with all the BS anti-LGBTQ stuff going on as we've seen. Again, I tried to talk about this stuff, folks, and please save your comments before, you know, I'll take a page from the Co-Main Event Podcast. Shout out to Ben and Chad. Save your comments. Like... I shouldn't have to stick to sports. It's my own damn show. And I still try to stick to sports. I think a lot of us, believe it or not, do. We actually do try to stick to our beat in this air quote sport. But when the fighters themselves just inject, whether it's through posts, UFC supported mediums, through the shows of the fights themselves at their actual events, or any other promotionals that them or their own president does, you know, with. Right-wing media and all these crossover promotions, which Holly Holm, I bring up Dana because it, Holly's done similar stuff. I mean, you expect, how much are we supposed to just ignore it, you know? Is it like, do we not talk about it at all? Do we only talk about it if we're down with what, what they're down for? Um, I don't know how that's supposed to work in people's eyes, but like, I honestly try to avoid this. It's just depressing. Like, you know, we had, out, you know, outside the cage news of a fighter's private details being revealed and 
I didn't jump on that board, you know, uh, as far as like negative. Obviously, there's a lot of positive support as there should be, but like, it's, you know, it's none of our business. Like, you know, it's like, but but yes, am I surprised that there's hate and bullshit in the MMA space uh, and coded dog whistles and people just hating on others, like just for being different? Like, sadly, that doesn't surprise me. Um, it just it bums me out. So. I guess, you know, not really, apologies, but not really apologies to, I guess, you know, anybody who would complain about me or anybody else talking about these things when it's the fighters, the promotion, and the president of said promotion themselves shoving it down our throats like it's power slop. Um, or to the people who feel like, not that I've gotten this, by the way, but maybe to anybody who feel like maybe I'm not being outspoken enough or whatever, like... You know, again, not to use any like right-wing talking points or whatever that gets used unfairly against people, but yeah, I, I don't feel like I, you know, in the type I need to be like, what's the word? Demonstrative? No, that's not the right word. Um, what's that word? Showing and displaying, but it's kind of like, um, you guys know me, that's not my intention or style or anything like that, but like, yeah, it's just like, I don't know, it's... It, I just feel like if you were to comment on every certain thing that comes across the proverbial desk, I would just be doing that all day and there would be no time for analysis. And my already, uh, you know, temperamental being that I think is messed with everybody in this day and age of over inundation of information and all types of other inundations. Um, do I really need more? Do I really need more of that energy? It's like, not really. Uh, does it surprise me that Holly Holm, you know, may or may not have been, you know, uh, espousing, you know, dog whistles uh, related to, like, you know, QAnon propaganda, which, you know, again, it's not like you had to search very hard to find, you know, involvement with her coach putting a damn Q on the damn building she trains at, but, like, can you really blame people for connecting those dots? And on the other side of it, can we really be surprised if Holly or any other fighter, like, it's just, it's what it is, man, I'm telling you. If you like the fighters, just, and, and again, it's, to kind of further back up that point, don't get mad at us for bringing up this, because I almost want to say, if you like the fighters, don't look at their socials, don't do this, just watch them fight and enjoy it for that, keep your expectations there, and although there's a lot of truth to that, and that arguably might be the safest way to go about your MMA fandom, regardless of your political or worldviews, um, again, you could still follow that and then watch the last Saturday's event, and then all of a sudden it's like, wait, what is she talking about, save, save the children or something I need to know here? You know, like, it's really unavoidable. So it's like, what, do we not watch the post-fight interviews too? It's like, I don't know, man. That's all I'm going to weigh in on that. I probably already spoke more about it than I really cared to because there's really not much to say. and Not much surprise. There's not much to say, you know. Uh, good on Holly Holm for getting the win. Hopefully she cashed your tickets. Um, I stayed away from that fight and no more opinions on it. Nate Landward defeated Austin Lingo uh, via submission. 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 All right. Uh, submission. Sorry. <laughs> the submissions hit, man. I was I was doing my fiddler on the roof dance, man. It was a tradition, tradition. Right. It's a little bit. Anyways, I'm sure my Jewish listeners appreciated it at least. Uh, but uh, yeah, we got Nate Landward defeating Austin Lingo, of course. Um, it wasn't by the front headlock that I thought. Basically, you know, it's funny. Like, um, MMA Masters is kind of a weird camp. It, uh, still kind of a hard to get a beat on one of the you know again you know I don't think a lot of no offense to them I'm sure everybody still has American top team then maybe like uh, Kill Cliff right below or something somewhere very close um, MMA Masters okay maybe 
not direct competition, but right, they're right there, right? They're arguably right there. And I believe they've got judo and Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt coach slash coaches running their grappling program. And um, one of their main striking coaches, at least for a long time, was a Capoeira guy, and you see that influence. So a lot of times you see outside kicking games um, and maybe some improved... Uh, Grappling both in submission and from the clinch, which again, naming those strong points of the founding coaches, that's their martial arts background, Cesar Carnero and the other gentleman I, I don't have offhand, forgive me. Um, you kind of see that implemented, you know? So it depends, is there is that good or bad for their game? Now, in a weird way, uh, you could think it's maybe this could be this could be, be bad because um, Nate Landward's like a pre pressuring wrestle boxer and because of the focus on the kicks and other things of refinement i don't know if that has to do with it but yes you see you see their guys almost turn into outfighters and this was a little bit of a worry with landwehr um when he was kind of in his growing pain adjustment period switching over to big camp as he just got into the ufc suffers the upset loss to herbert burns catching that knee right um another one to juicy j which is uh I think more forgivable. I mean, granted, I was on Juicy J there, but still, that bias aside, I think it was a little more forgivable in hindsight, especially seeing, you know, Odorosa has, you know, proven both in victory and defeat since. Um, but you also see it with Colby Covington, right? He trains out of that camp, and that was kind of the adjustment, and it, it was kind of a, you know, uh, you could argue a negative. You see Colby trying to be more technical, but he's just completely like, you know, um, out of a... Uh, out of sorts in those like you know in those like first two rounds I believe against Usman in the rematch right um, but with Nate again he's got a bit of a wrestle boxer in him except he never really kicked much and now he's kicking a lot more his kicks look better and the grappling and submission stuff has really paid off because he's looking much more keen there especially especially even going from the ground up from the clinch to the mat he will do the front headlock choke feeds and whatnot and we even saw like kickboxers that are purple belts in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu not known for their Jiu Jitsu like Yusuf Salau almost hitting the same sub so I was like oh club and sub because Landwehr's not a one shot KO guy this lingo kid's pretty tough um, even though he has been hurt by guys like Jacob Kilburn and couldn't get out guys like Jacob Kilburn um, it just seemed to kind of uh, make sense there so uh, yeah I, I that was a nice cash got Landwehr round two uh, had to burn the round three ticket which was fine because the Landwehr um, by sub and Landwehr round two uh, round two sub as well uh, really, really made nicely, like plus six, plus sixteen hundred. Uh, shout out to my guy Brad, uh, someone who tailed me. He got again. You guys get better numbers than me, so take advantage of that. If you see something that I'm on that you like, uh, Brad literally got over double. He got plus thirty three hundred for the round two sub, whereas I only got plus sixteen hundred at bet online. You know, so you gotta shop around, especially if you have the options. Uh, Macy Barber defeated uh, Andrea Lee. Uh, split decision again that comes through this is hard I didn't go back to rewatch it but um, again this was uh, you know from what I saw it looked like you know Andrea Lee was getting takedowns but I didn't know what she was getting much out of it and from what I heard from the commentary it sounded like they were doing they were on their control kick still and whether they realize it or not, I don't even think they mean to do it maliciously. By the way, I do even think I do think they understand the criteria better than they get credit for the commentators, whether it's the color or play-by-play. -play. But their love on control and just like not getting that word out of the mouth 
it just does them a disservice. Just like going the other way of the steering wheel, almost too much into the word damage, unless we're talking about 3Ds. It's, I believe damage is obviously very important. It is the D, a D, the main D, right, of the three. But as far as impact or effective, striking and grappling, not then grappling, and grappling. Um, yeah, so like what was Andrea Lee really doing with it? So I went back to watch it, but I guarantee despite disliking Barber and feeling like she got gifted decisions before, which she has, um, that's what I said. She's got an optically friendly fight style, and Andrea Lee doesn't, even when she quote-unquote does, you know, with the control time, holding of dominant positions, so on and so forth. So uh, I haven't watched it back, but I actually wouldn't be surprised if I end up... Um, Defending Barber scores on that one. 30-27, uh, I don't know. I, I, I wasn't watching close enough to have a have an opinion on Tan Dan's card. But again, folks, I told you this again too. Expect the officials to be judging as well because it's Texas. And they went cheap. And, you know, because since they have the uh, actual officials doing double duty, they actually have a smaller rotation of judges. So not only do they have crap judges, inexperienced judges, judges who were literally responsible for almost killing somebody the night before. Uh, those were the <laughs> those were the only judges they actually brought in. The rest they just used officials. <laughs> I mean, don't don't hurt yourself trying too hard over there, Texas. You know. Don't hurt the fighters trying too too little, I should say. Albert Durayev defeated Chidi Ninja Kawani via split decision. Um I wasn't watching this one too closely. Like I was joking with uh, uh, with Lance and some of the friends I was with. I think we were all pretty much on the unders there. And we're the once the under hit, we're like, "Do you even see what happened? Uh, it split." I don't know. I stopped watching after after our unders missed. <laughs> so uh, that one was out. I did have Chidi by KO. That was the one round robin thing that didn't hit. Uh, I'm glad I put it in a round robin rather than playing it straight up. That's another thing about the round robins, which are nice. If there are some wild props that you don't want to expose yourself on, uh, throw it in the round robin. It's not huge exposure, but you at least, you know, you don't get like the complete FOMO, you know. Maybe it's the only thing that hits in the round robin, so you don't cash anything anyways. But it is, we've all done that where we pass on something else, we're passing something entirely, or we take the money line, but we also maybe wanted that decision prop, but we weren't sure. Just throw it in a round robin so you don't have that FOMO, and then if you do miss, you don't have a huge regret because it, it wasn't a huge investment slash you could pawn it off in your head at least and spread it out amongst your other investments for blame in the part in the in the long you know in the round robin there um daniel pineda defeated tucker lots tucker Lott. shout out to anybody who had uh, you know and sympathies i should say to anybody who uh as i do with the tanner bowser if anybody got tucker Lott stuck in their head i apologize for that yeah um, <laughs> oh, poor Tucker. He, uh, poor Tucker ended up being the biggest favorite of the card. And as soon as they said that on the broadcast, I felt way better about my Pineda bet. As Pineda, uh, even in the second run, this is not the first time he's cashed as the biggest underdog on the card. So, um, again, man, I guess, and again, I'm not going to be, you know, I, I've talked about this before. I'm going to keep the same energy. I'm not going to, you know. Uh, you all see on anime Twitter, someone goes on a run, and the joke's like, oh, they go on a run, and they go to, go tout. Like, that's kind of like the low-hanging fruit joke. But the more accurate joke or comment is people go on a run, and then they start, like, tweeting online. Well, this is what you're supposed to do to be successful. How I do it is this. It's all easy. You just gotta do... And all of a sudden, like, it's, they're fucking Mr. Know-it-all. Like, we've seen that... And it's well-intentioned. Like, 
Hell, I've probably done my own version of that. I'm sure we all have. Like, but that, that's that's something you see all the time, right? So I'm definitely not going to try to do that here. But if I'm somebody who's critical and fair and keeps that same energy and tries to learn off of a loss, well, then I should probably do that off of victories, right? Whether it's uh, well, you know, again, whether you win or lose, try to try to learn something off it, and 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 perhaps that also goes part and parcel with something else that I preach: trying to be a good winner. You know. Um, I'll take a sore loser over a, day, over a bad winner any day, any day of the week. Um, you know, uh, I'm not, uh, you know, not shitty with wins. I don't even, even if it's deserved, I'm not even a big victory lap guy, which is fine if you are. It's just, that's just not me, right? Um, but I will say this for these two submission hits. Again, we got another round two sub. It was a round one and round two split because we got a guy who gases, right? Uh, and, and, and is a do or die fighter, right? Uh, whereas Landwer, he's a slow starter. He can kind of get stopped early, right? So it's going to be, that's how you, you shotgun spray it. You, you start playing all three rounds and you're overly invested and you're not, even if he does finish in one of the rounds, you've eaten into your profit at that point, right? No matter how much you put in it, you really got to do some real gymnastics there to justify that. Two at decent numbers, then you can start splitting from as low as .17 U shotgun sprays to quarter units, which we may have later coming down the pike here on the show, folks. Um, but I guess the common thread for the Nate and Pineda fights, again, they're, they're two different guys on different ends of the spectrum. But what was it? It was contender series slash contender series-esque style talent sample sizes where not shitting on contender series, not shitting on Lingo comes from a great camp, not shitting on Lutz who has an underrated, well-rounded style, which made me even more surprised. Like He should be a guy that like a hipster nerd like me should be sticking up for. He shouldn't be the biggest favorite on the fucking card. No offense to Tucker Lutz. But you have these guys with limited sample sizes on one end, right? And then what do we have on the other? For as wild as Nate Landwehr is, which is why, again, I'm not... I'm going to keep the same energy, and I've been using the word luck and directing it at myself here consistently. Got lucky, and I'm fucking grateful for it. Um, but what's... What is... What is the what is the common thread there with Nate Landwehr and Pineda? They're wild men, Right? They could definitely lose you money in a blink of a fucking eye. They are the more experienced guys, yes. That's the obvious parallel here, right? They, they are the more experienced guys. But we know what we're going to get from them. And even if it's a flaw, like this guy past round two is, is you know, maybe even the past the halfway point of round two is no good. You, let's say you wanted to make that criticism. That's your criticism on Pineda. The fact is... Okay, he might be that guy. You might hate that guy. Okay, that's fine. The fact is, we know what that guy's going to do. That's a huge edge in a volatile market like the MMA market is, right? When we actually know what someone's going to do. So there's the experience angle, which compounds and is important as well. It's a big one for me, obviously, right? But what was that other angle there, right? What was that other angle? And and, and it's it's... It's that. It's we know what we're going to get with these guys. Now, the Landwehr sub, that was, you know, I showed my work on it. That was a little more of a wilder call, right? But, again, a guy like Pineda, like, you know what you're going to get with him. But we see it all the time, whether it's that contender series bump of the younger fighter or it's, you know, oh, he's old, old guy, Daniel Pineda. And, like, you know, he's an older guy. Even though he's not that old, he looks he looks great. He's got good genes. He's got my genes, man. Me and, me and Pineda are the same age. We're a day apart. He's August 6, 85. I'm August 7th. So again, back to what Alvin Yakatori said about being inspired by these fighters. Like, 
this guy was out of the UFC, left for dead. Oh, yeah, he popped for steroids or whatever. Oh, he's looking good for 37. Like, man. Do I have to do I have to quote the Nick Diaz line for the the billionth time for y'all? Hashtag everyone's on steroids. Like like no one you bet has ever been on steroids or been suspected or tested positive. Like, come on, man. Go Daniel Pineda, man. Doing us proud for us us lion season uh thirty seven year olds in the game, showing, reminding the MMA betting public what's up. Um, so uh, not trying to get too hard on the victory lab there. Sorry for my enthusiasm. I just can't help. But be happy for a guy like Pineda. Um, of course, it was fight fallout central. By the way, shame on anybody who's was shitting on Alex Perez, like uh, for the fight falling out with with cop. Like I picked cop to win that fight. Cop's straight out of my gym. Don't get me wrong. Like I, I, you know, sorry for your bets, but it's like, dude, how much money do you think this guy's out? Oh, but look at all, look at his record. Look at all the cancel. Look at all the gray. Like, you know who that hurts more than your stupid twenty dollar bets? Can I? Can I just? Can I just, can we take a wild guess who that hurt? We're going to shit on him. Like, you know what that represents? That how many, how much money missed, how many failed investments, uh, miles on your joints that you'll never get back. Perhaps bad concussions that'll contribute to not remembering the son that he just has named down the line. Who knows what all the stuff that these fighters give training for this stuff and all the hurdles against them, all the tax collector, tax collectors and, 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 and tollsters, like that's a word. The, the toll bridges, proverbially, they have to cross in this game um, to just fight for half their fucking paycheck. And he ain't even getting that half. He ain't even getting show money for all these things. Like, who's paying for this more and more than not just Alex Perez, the guy everybody's shitting on, but the family that, you know, for all we know is depending on him. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, Hearts out to Alex Perez, you know, uh, and, and hearts out to Manel Cop too, because this was his second fight to fall out on fight day. So again, Perez ain't the only guy with bad luck, by the way. Like Cop's got some bad luck too. He might not have as much gray and stuff in his tapology section as Perez, but that dude's got some bad luck too. Like these, like shouts to my guy Aaron on this week's TSN MMA show. Like these are real human beings, and we we tend to conveniently forget that. That rounds back to what my guy Alvin Yakatori said. So uh, yeah, man, like dude, having a seizure that could be like serious stuff. That could be. You know, like, I, I had to, like, have my eye looked into to make sure there was no tumor growing because the eye issues I was having just made no sense. It was, like, one of the only options that was left on the table. I was kind of freaking out. Like, was, uh, and one of the only things was, like, well, if it was a tumor or something that's blocking my vision back there, that's what's, what's growing back there. Um, I imagine it'd be pump touching my brain soon. But then if that was touching my brain, I'd be having seizures. Point is, like, seizures can be a sign of some real bad, serious shit, folks. Like, fucking... Nothing but positive vibes to Alex Perez. He needs it. He doesn't need fucking pissy pants betters who lost a $20 bet for the second time in a row um, giving him shit on Twitter. That's all. Um, Lucas Alexander defeated Steven Peterson, Detective Sterling Peterson, Chicago Police Department. Um, I mean, we'll talk about making the most of your moment. It was kind of awkward and cringy, but you got to do what you got to do, man. And, uh, you know, he might not be a household name or... A successful fighter in in, in, in in many people's sense of the world word that is Steven Peterson but uh hey man props to him he put it all out there and you know I think he's um, I don't know if he's got like a personal training degree or whatnot or what he's gonna plan to do sticking with the sport but I, I hope he can find success like all these fighters can do um, after not having to fight anymore I'm almost happy for them when they, when they stop fighting I just hope they have something and some plans to move on to Trevin J Giles defeated uh, 
Preston Parsons. I was in transit. I don't have a big opinion on this. Um, right before I was parking my car, Daniel De Silva lit up CJ Vergara. La Verga. Uh, but uh, yeah, La Cerda went down in the second round, of course. Um, tail is old as time. I, didn't, I missed the live betting market. I was curious, but from what I heard, as crazy as that round was, which somehow didn't get a 10-8 from the judges, which I feel like, you know, uh, a 10-7 is probably arguably more appropriate than a 10-9 in that round. And so the fact that a judge wouldn't go 10-8 uh, even is kind of weird. But, uh, yeah, Vergara cashes the tickets. I had a lot of friends that were on that. Uh, Vergara is their parlay piece. So, again, happy for my friends there uh, to get away with that one. Uh, Victor Altamirano defeated Vinicius Salvador via decision. Uh, I didn't have a strong opinion on this one. I was getting ready to get out the door. Um, I picked Salvador very reluctantly, but uh, Altamirano's tough, well-rounded. Uh, was able to outlast him. I didn't see if Salvador gassed, which has been kind of a thing that can happen to him and has happened in the past, but uh, didn't hear too much uh, pissing and moaning about that decision for what it's worth. All right. 4351. Let's go do the uh, chat here. Barton Spackle, Chris. Greetings, Dan. Non-MMA related question. Will you ever be on the Southpaw podcast where you discuss racial connotations of the MMA community and who to root for in the MMA world? I've been on the Southpaw podcast, I think, a couple times before, usually for analysis. Um, they've got excellent people that are more qualified that can speak better on those topics than I. Uh, but would I turn them down, especially that show? No, not at all. Uh, big fan of Sam Yang, Jason Sargas, everyone involved in that show. I don't even watch Star Trek Deep Space Nine, and they had like a Star Trek, uh, like a uh, uh, DS9, like a uh, breakdown podcast. And I, I appreciated the hell out of that. I'm, I'm listening to a Wire one right now because you know me, I'm a big fan of the Wire. Um, but yeah, I love I love all of Southpaw's content. So shout out, shout out to them. Thank you, Barton Spackle Crisp, Crumbopolis Rosen. Uh, well, wait, real quick, by the way, Mark Fellows asked me what my favorite uh, Korean barbecue side dish wa uh, was. Um, I want to see what Mark Fellows uh, has for his. Um, Mark Fellows says, favorite barbecue barbecue side dish is DT. Kimchi, pickled daikon radish. Oh, that's a good one. Perilla leaves, question mark. In, you know, in parentheses, if you meant MMA questions, sorry, I've got nothing this week. It's okay. Like I said to Mark, I appreciate the non-MMA questions more. Um, I'm going to disappoint you guys, and I'm probably going to disappoint you know Sam Yang if he's listening or any of my Korean brethren. I'm not the biggest kimchi fan, and I love it. It's super healthy for you. I don't mind the smell. Um, I feel like it opens you up. I wish I was a fan of it for the smell, oddly as that sounds. But something, you know, onions is probably public enemy number one on my list, which sounds crazy. And everybody's like, what? And don't get me wrong. Like certain Spanish things and like cooking with onions or certain caramelized onions done right I can dig it you know um, but like for me it's just the texture right and that means like I like more leafy lettuce than romaine I don't really like the stalks right if you see me if I eat like a Caesar salad I'm eating more of the green leafy parts right that's why I'll probably eat more of a spinach or even like a, a kale uh, as gross and as bitter and as rough as those leaves are like I've eaten a kale Caesar or something right um, over like thick, charty, iceberg lettuce I can't do, you know, cabbage and kimchi, right? Really just tough crunch. That texture just messes me up, man. And like, again, I'm a dude who just like, you know, eat organ meat and bone broth and bone marrow and fried scorpions and insects and like, I've eaten some crazy crap, you know what I'm saying? Uh, across the world and here in the United States. Uh, um, 
between here and China. I've, I've eaten a lot of crazy stuff, but um, I don't know what it is. So I don't even know if it's necessarily me being picky because especially, you know, uh, when I'm eating healthy slash somewhat normal because I try to eat majority healthy now and just have my really bad spots where I go real bad. Uh, even with that accounted for, I probably eat more vegetables than the average Joe. It's just I'm super picky on what it is. And onion is like crazy because onions are in everything. Like my food dispensary place, the the, the, the meal prep, like there's like literally I count on one hand like the things that don't have onions in it. And the things that I still order probably have onion powder, onion puree, and all this shit. I just, I'm just like, why onions? Like I'm, I'm hooked on all these Instagram cooking videos and they all start off with someone fucking chopping onions. I'm like, why? I'm going to open a restaurant and it's going to be everything but onions. And it's going to get a lot of hate. And I know I'm in the minority here, but I'll probably be a god amongst men to people like me. They'll be like, finally, no one dared said anything bad about the onions, but you were bold enough, Dan. You opened the, you built it and we came. Like, this is what I fantasize about. Pretty sick fat kid at heart, right? A no onion restaurant. There you go. I outed myself. Um, I will say I do like uh, uh, potatoes, low key. Um, I don't know the name of it and there's different ways how they prepare like the cold potatoes. I love me some of that cold potato mash. However, they do it at the whenever I'm um, I'm eating Korean barbecue. Uh, you know. Uh, by the way, shout out to uh, Millions down there uh, in Honolulu. They got two locations now. I like the hole in the wall one. Um, shout out to any of the Hawaii listeners that know what I'm talking about. Grumbopolis Rosen. I don't know about you, Dan, but no card is better than a mediocre card. Um, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. If that. Yeah. I mean. That's your thing. I will suggest, though, watching PFL and Bellator this week. Uh, it's really, you know, they've got some really low-key. Said, I'm tired of Lemos, Dern, Aaron Blanchfield headline cards. Yeah, I feel you. I mean, Bellator is not really going with a strong headliner, obviously, but they've got guys like Joey Davis coming. We'll get into that later. And we'll get into uh, PFL here shortly as well. Just because it's, it's, it's just really fun, man. Especially with PFL, they have, like, the seasons, and you can get really invested. And I know some of these names are fighting each other a lot because it is a season that's kind of like you know that's kind of the point I guess right okay maybe it's not the most appealing thing on face value I get that but those of you who are more traditional sports fans those of you who want something different again I I, I stressed this on a lot of episodes recently I urge you try to be fans of things outside the UFC pick an organization this year and try to follow it a lot more like Bellator PFL and when you get crossover or, you know, you get these niche fighters that not a lot of people know about, whether they crossed over to the UFC or not, they will be in a betting scenario sometime. And you may have an edge there because you've watched this fighter. You've followed them, right? So something to keep in mind there. James Kendrick, will this be a Wednesday show? It works for my schedule. Um, not not normally, sir. I don't want to get your hopes up. No promises here, but uh, that is good to know. Uh, I just wanted to get to you guys early. Um... Barton's back with Crips MMA related question is it, is it good to criticize fighters harshly question mark seems like a common occurrence from the Luke Thomas's and Brian Campbell's of the world um I'm sure you're just citing them off the top of your head but to be fair that's I, that's something with all of us man whether we're media air quotes or uh dudes on YouTube channels I don't know why I'm still doing the air quotes dudes on YouTube channels like just like giving our bets and stuff like uh yeah, like, it, 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 it's a trapping that we all... And I'm raising my hand here, too. I'm guilty as well. Um, we all can fall into, right? Um, so I, I definitely, you know... It, it crossed my mind earlier when I was talking about a fighter on here. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see. Uh, one, uh, speaking of that, we'll... Uh, 
we'll go to uh, I'm gonna say Rio Sosa and Truesdale, and then we'll uh, jump over to UFC, and I'll get back to you, Chatters. Rio Sosa and Truesdale, are you hoping that the UFC go to China this year? Just to make the bigots angry and triggered. I was going to say, that's going to trigger a lot of people. Um, I don't know what the state is going on in uh, China right now to even weigh in on that, to be honest. Um, I don't know. I feel like they were only pushing it around when they had the PI or building the PI. Um, and now we're, you know, if anything, we're going to see shows in Mexico. But then I, I don't know if this is something I saw in passing, scoring the timeline. And who knows, it's Dana White, right? But apparently he gave a comment looking like they might not even be doing Mexico as soon as they initially planned. Again, which would go in line with their normal things. They look to open a PI in an area. They look to bring shows in that area. It's kind of like what they used to do when they were doing something called growing the sport and promoting fighters, right? They would go to their hometowns and they would try to build it in a new area. It was like economics, building the fighter populace or the popularity of other fighters to their world global market and it was just like this big and take crossover i'm sure much smarter people in business can explain how they're still benefiting from certain structures but yeah their intent is more to promote their pis than their fighters right more so um and even that kind of promotion seems to be going down or maybe is lesser prioritized if it is in fact true and they don't end up capitalizing on both not just the PI, but the fact that they have, what is it now, like three Mexicans? Or Mexican, at the least, maybe we got, is our Mexican-American mixed in there? I don't know. Well, we got Grasso, we got Moreno, and um, who the fuck else? At least someone else fighting for it, right? Sorry if it's obvious and slipping my mind. We got uh, Rodriguez, Yair, uh, as you know, an interim champion, you know, uh, obviously. It gets a, you know, it's a funny interim belt, but still... Title belt, nonetheless, um, kind of just shows again how interested they are in promoting their talents, right? If they don't put the Mexico show together, so that's actually what I'm looking more for. But yeah, it would be funny to see people get uh, triggered and the like. This weekend, however, we have we'll go uh, in chronological order. Uh, we'll go Bellator first since they're on a Friday. I didn't even realize that they were on a Friday. No uh, main card quick picks article, so I also wanted to get you guys a little bit of a preview on here. And I did watch just like a teensy bit of tape, just a little bit, just a tiny bit. Um, just on James and Gomes' last fight, um, we got Marcelo Gomes minus 160. Let's see here. 52. 55 maybe-ish. Um... Yeah, we got Marcelo going minus 160, Daniel James plus 130. A little bit of money coming in on James, but this shouldn't be too big either way. This is kind of a fight that will probably get decided um, in a key scramble or a key, you know, which is MMA, heavyweight MMA, big surprise, Dan. Uh, but uh, it will be probably decided on like a key scramble, like a guy throwing a kick and um, losing his balance could decide the fight. And I say that because guys getting kicked and losing their balances like have decided uh, the fights of both guys recently, actually, if you go back and watch some of their tape. Um, Golem is probably who I would favor too, the younger man. Uh, the more, you know, well-rounded, I guess, from a submission to a standing striking, but Daniel James... Knockout power uh, coming forward uh, off the counter, and um, not a bad uh, not a bad wrestler himself. Underrated, uh, you know, as far as like counter wrestling, t defending takedowns, um, getting on top, uh, taking top position, and looks to have good ground and pound too. Um, and Golm, you know, he was smashed up by some decent ground and pound in his last fight by 
you know, a, a similarly framed athletic dude, about three and three or four inches shorter, but a full-sized heavyweight and athlete nonetheless. And Davion, um, it was kind of interesting. I was like, why didn't they bring up this guy as far as potential John Jones training partners? If you look at uh, Davion, uh, I forget what his last name is. This is the last guy, uh, Gome fought. <laughs> He got, like, he, like, Death Valley drivered Marcelo Gome face first. But the fact that Gome, like, survived all that and then, like, had the heart, used the single leg, get up, got up, um, you know, and eventually gets the win, uh, I'll slightly side with him, but ain't no way I'm putting my money on that fight. We got Kat Zingano minus 450, Liam McCourt plus 333. Uh, I'm going to side with uh, Mama Zingano. You know, I'm a big Kat Zingano fan. Should it be that wide? I don't know about that. Um... From what I've seen, Aaliyah McCourt hasn't, you know, jumped off the page as a live dog. But, I mean, it's WMMA, you know what I'm saying? That's a big number. So, I would not be comfortable betting against Aaliyah McCourt at that number, to be honest. But I'll pick Kat Zingano. Got Aaron Jeffrey, minus 400. Rustam, or not Rustam, John Saltadog. Saltadog. Salter, plus 300. Um, loved John Salter just because he makes his dog the... Uh, Mascot. That's what I do over here with, with Benji Boy. Um, I'm thinking about. Uh, I'm definitely getting a, my dog uh, his portrait on my thigh, and then doing like a bone, like a skull and bones. But it's instead of a skull, it's a portrait piece of the dog with the dog bones, the crossbones. That's gonna be on my toy, my tick toys there. Uh, but uh, yeah, like if I had my own school or something, or I don't know. I was even thinking about doing it on my FJ. Like uh, uh, I got some repair paint to still to do on my mom. Body work still to do on my, my, my bad boy, but uh, putting like a you know, like a, a foxhound like Metal Gear Solid logo on, on like small somewhere, like a custom one that was like Ben's face or something, just a, a white and black something simple as a homage to him. So I appreciate stuff like that. That being said, I am not going with the dog, dog loving dog that is in John Salty Dog Salter. Gonna go with Canada's Aaron Jeffrey training with really good southpaws who grapple. Um, from uh, wrestlers from uh, Derek Brunson to um, others down at uh, Kill Cliff uh, FC. Oh, uh, Gerald Mearshart, GM3, my guy. That's a great, that's a great training partner as well. Um, and both those guys, uh, even Brunson, arguably, maybe not by much, but have more staying power than Salter. Again, I love Salter, but Salter is more of a do or die fighter, and I'm not saying that to s on him, right? I'm gonna revisit. Keep that, let's, get, let's keep. In fact, let's keep that same energy. Let's revisit back to that lesson with the Pineda and Lutz, right? We know what we're getting. So how do we bet that accordingly? Well, if you're going to bet Salter, you're going to know that he's going to get it early, and it's probably going to be by submission. It's got to be the first half of the fight, right? About halfway through round two is when Salter traditionally fades. Aaron Jeffrey, you know, regardless of your memory of his contender series fights, um, or even if you were not as impressed even in his better performances outside of that fight. Um, one thing you could say about him, he's very tough, very well-rounded. He's going to push a pace. He, you know, Even if it's just grinding in the clinch, he's going to make you fight and push that pace. And that is good against a guy like John Salter. Uh, unfortunately, the odds makers are really getting... If you know where I'm going, it's because the odds members also know where I'm going. They're tightening up on these round props. Not just live like we've been talking about, like you guys have been noticing. But whenever we've got a Mahuan, a Miracani, a Daniel Da Silva, Lacerda, right? Like they're getting really good at spotting these fighters. It's not really hard. All you really got to do is do the old sure dog or tapology breakdown and see that, well, they only win in this round. And uh, not only did their fights not make it a decision, they lose 
religiously by the third round, if not the, the second, sometimes even the first. But they're a do-or-die fighter, in other words. So the odds makers are onto that, and they only gave us, I think, plus 350 for round two, plus 450 for round three to open. And that's that's barely worth my sprinkles. I mean, you're not even taking in a, a whole unit if you go, uh, forget my 17 unit of pieces. I don't even think you're taking in a whole unit at a, 20, at a quarter unit, right? Uh, maybe for the plus 450, you, you'd be able to clear your unit, but barely, and maybe just under that, once you give back what you burn the round two for if round three hits. Assuming you hit one of the two, you could hit none, and you're stuck down, right? Which is why you only bet small on these round props. Hopefully I'm not talking in too much of circles there. You understand what I'm saying. So what I did, since the only house that I... One of the only houses that I play in, and the only house that I play in that has lines up, that MGM doesn't have Bellator lines up yet... Um, nor will they have these lines anyways. They will probably have round props and not from not much of a better price. Usually a little bit of better price than bet online. Of course, you guys, all the places that you shop at, much better than any of the places that I shop at are named. So disregard if that's the case, obviously. But I went to bet online for their round method props and um, was able to get uh, Jeffrey T round two TKO and round three TKO. Round two TKO is at plus 500, uh, which is better. And round three TKO plus 600, which is better. I went ahead and I did a quarter unit on both of those. Um, so basically, if uh, round three hits, um, we profit. We, we you get a hundred. You get a one point five units, which turns into one point two five units when you account for what you the quarter unit you gave back for the misplay. Assuming it hits in three, right? Now let's assume we get a hit and we assume that it's in two and not three. So we're burning the twenty five dollars in round three. Um, well, then you only get, I think, believe 125 uh, to collect on a, on a quarter unit down at plus 500. So you have minus 25 to cover for the unit that you burnt. That is a unit profit either way is what I'm looking at. If Jeffrey wins by TKO in round two or three, of course, I believe off the top of my head, Aaron Jeffrey, majority of wins, about 90% by finish. Very few, seldom goes to the decision. And I believe maybe exactly 90% of his finishes, I want to say nine TKOs to one submission, is how his finishes divvy up. A guy that gasses, a guy that shoots, can give away submissions. He can be submitted despite being a black belt in jiu-jitsu to go along with his wrestling prowess, that is Salter. In fact, he's actually been technically submitted three times over two TKO losses. So he's been submitted more than he loses by TKO. That being said, those were either by Rafael Lovato Jr., who is like you know, arguably the, the best uh, grappler at 185 pounds or, uh, or you know, or it was too early on in his career uh, to guillotine chokes, shooting into guillotine chokes far before he had his black belt and the guys who were also wrestlers in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belts who had a nasty guillotine like Dan fucking Miller, baby Jersey, Jersey, Miller Brothers, Jersey, sorry <laughs> you know, any excuse to, to, to pump up uh, pump up Jersey, shout out to Dan Urban by the way Catch side judges. I know he loves the jersey love. Um, so I'm going to run through the rest of the cards. Spoiler alert, that's my only bet here on Bellator. Um, it's technically my only bet so, so far. I'll, I'll, I'll let you know what I'm leaning toward uh, on the rest. Uh, Jaleel Willis, minus 140. Uh, Rustam Khabilov, plus 115. This one did a line flip. So Willis actually opened as the dog and people liking him. Uh, it's usually dog or pass for Khabilov for some time now in his career. So I don't not uh, understand that but it being Bellator and it still being tight and now with it being a flip I feel like you know unless you have an angle and really still feel strongly at Jalil which is still playable chalk um, 
feel I could stay away or, you know, maybe Dogger Pass, but you're not even getting a good number on Roostam, although you've got the value argument on your side. I'm not touching it. Um, no real opinion on Luke Trainer or Sullivan Colley. Um, same with Mondal Nalo versus Adam Piccolotti. Although I will say, I think Nalo actually opened as the dog, and they flipped this one too, which is interesting. So if you liked Piccolotti and you thought the, the bookmakers got it right, the dreaded V word is on your side, but I'm staying away from that one. Really looking forward to seeing Joey Davis. I know he's a big favorite against Jeff Crichton, who I'm not familiar with. But considering Davis has been out, you know, I don't mind the uh, classic smash making here. Um, let's just see what he's been working on. You know, let's see how he looks. This is really, you know, not for betting, but this is just good for curiosity, a fact-finding mission, if you will. I mean, Joey Davis was uh, number one on my uh, fighters, you know, in my 2020 article for when I was uh, fights to look out for in 2021, fighters to look out for. Of course, he only had one fight in 2021 and then stopped, but I predicted that both Amosov was going to beat Lima, which he did in that article, and be the champion, and that Amosov would stay the champion until Joey Davis challenges him. So... Three years in running, roughly, since that article, and uh, all that stuff is falling into place, despite the big uh, layoff for Joey Davis. Uh, a win over Paul Crichton won't do much for him. Uh, he obviously has lost a lot of time in that regard, so I'm not like doing any kind of big chest bumps, believe you me, picking the undefeated fighter here. But like, yeah, like um, I'm really curious to see, you know, where he's going to go from this. Um, Lance Gibson Jr. fighting Vladimir Tokov. Uh, not much to say about that one. Justin Montalvo, is he related to Jacob Montalvo? Uh, I got Mike Hamill on the undercard. Rakeem Cleveland versus Christian Edwards. Feels like a PFL heavyweight fight. Um, I thought it was like Mackin Semser. What's he doing here? No, it's a Mackin Semser. Yeah, I don't really recognize or nothing else too much on the card really jumps out at me uh, there. All right. Let's see. Let's go. Boom. Let's go to PFL, and then we'll. I'll get back to uh, listener uh, listener questions. All right. Next night we've got PFL one. They're kicking off their 2023 season. Um, let's see here. Da -da 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 -da. Yeah, it's headlined by Brendan Lucknane. Minus 700. Comeback on Marlon Marais. Plus five hundred. Um, poor Marlon Marais, man. They really, they must have given him a, a nice contract, and they're making him earn it or something. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll go a lock name there. It will be interesting though. Um, you know, again, I I did not do a deep dive. I did watch a couple of Brendan's fights um, ahead of this one. Uh, actually, because I was looking into Wade and Jenkins. So, but yeah, so I was watching their fights with Brendan and. And then Brendan's also on this card, obviously, so refreshing on him a bit. Didn't get to, you know, I didn't feel like depressing myself and, and, and rewatching slash catching up with some of Marlon Marais' uh, latest fights. But it will be interesting in that first round, not just because that's when Marlon's most dangerous and he almost took out Marab and yada, yada, yada. Um, took out Sterling in that first round. But Brendan Lugnane, he gets hit a bit in that first round. And he's like a building fighter and builds back into it. Like, he almost got his night ended early by Chris Wade with a head kick, for example. Um, I don't believe I scored it for him, but uh, Bubba Jenkins gives him a competitive round one. Like, round one is his weakest round, whereas round one is Mariah's strongest round. Uh, that being said, I don't know how much of an edge that is for you guys, considering that 
even if Marlon, you know, we get another Davalashvili round one and Lognane's, you know, he's got his nose, it breaks easily, it looks worse than it is. You know, it's bad optics. You're probably going to, if he survives though, again, the matchmakers are familiar with these type of products or the, the odds makers, I should say, that I doubt you're going to get like some big live number if you're going to try to wait to bet Lognane live. Um, it is worth a shot considering the starting point is minus 700, right? You know, I mean, you could argue that a minus 180 is a deal after round one, right? Um, you could make that argument, sure. But with the starting point being high, do they be extra extra frugal, you know, as far as their live lines they put out there? Who knows? You live betters, you tell me. I won't be looking. Um, but, yeah, I think Lochnane takes this by uh, round two or round round three. Um, he, he gets on it pretty fast after that first round. Uh, Rob Wilkinson minus 190, Tiago Santos plus 160. This is Tiago Santos' promotional debut. A little bit of money coming in on Santos. I can see why. Uh, I didn't go back to watch Rob Wilkinson's fights. Just been watching the highlights. Um, he's really kind of filled into his own, uh, you know, really bulking up and uh, going up to 205, doing well there. Um, I didn't watch the fights, granted, and I don't want to judge too much off of, uh, off of a glance there. But it wasn't as strong of a schedule. Um, not that I imagined it to be crazy strong, but like it just wasn't like what I had in my mind. So it will be interesting. I'm gonna pick Rob Wilkinson here just because I really, you know, maybe Santos, maybe Thiago Santos will make a similar rejuvenation type move. You know, he's staying in the same weight class, but you know what I mean. Um, you know, maybe maybe he comes in looking healthy. Who knows? But unless he gets like a boost of confidence from that and does that, then I don't know, man. He just seems like he's kind of more toward the shot status, and I hate saying that word toward a fighter. Yeah, I seldom say it, but he just has this frustration. He's just, I don't want to fight. I don't want to get into these wars anymore. And if you're going to come here, I'm just going to swing really hard until you just back off. And then I'm going to look at you. And if you come back at me, I'm going to swing really hard and I'm going to back you off. You know, and <laughs> I might convince a judge. Um, but that's what I feel like when I watch Tiago Santos. So uh, I'll go Rob Wilkinson, but uh, I stayed away from this one. Christoph Yatko. Minus 310, Will Flurry, plus 250. Might seem like a wide line for Yatko, but um, you got to look at, keep in mind, you know, you look at Will Flurry's re record and the strength of competition and how he's done against guys like Alan Amadovsky. Not to shit on fighters, but you guys know what I think of Alan Amadovsky, right? And uh, this guy got knocked out by him. Um, Amadovsky, I believe, by the way, a southpaw. And Yako is a southpaw, I believe, too, for whatever that's worth. Not that that should be a deciding factor. But, yeah, obviously I'll go Yako by decision for that fight. Be interesting, maybe you get a discount on the decision number if your house offers that for Bellator fights. Uh, Ryoji Kudo, plus 500. Molvlid Kabalaev, minus 700. Obviously going with a big favorite, Kabalaev. Um, didn't he have, like, kind of a controversial win over someone? Was it Brendan? Where you could argue the score is going the other way. If you're being, like, cheeky to the criteria. Um, I'm not sure. But I'm certainly not picking against him. Uh, we got Chris Wade, minus 165. Bubba Jenkins, plus 140. So this is tough. I got, I don't know if it's still at this number. Because Chris Wade initially opened at minus 220. But I found him at minus 160, which is just outside of my playable chalk range. At Bet Online, And I selected it. And I didn't finish my tape study before going into this. I just vaguely remember... Him beating uh, Bubba Jenkins already and actually like out wrestling, doing well in the scrambles, hitting some cradles. 
which is Chris Wade's thing. Like, you go back and even watch, he's facing a southpaw, which is interesting how he did against southpaws, because uh, I know he's at least 0-1 to Islam Makhachev, but that's Islam Makhachev. And even in that fight, if you watch the first seven minutes of it, like, I was like, whoa, how is this not at least a split or something? Because, like, I feel like, you know, Wade did really well in that first round, and it looks like he could be on his way. He gets top position, like, twice in the second round. Um, off of some reversals. Unfortunately for him, he's not the only savvy reversal grappler there as, as Makhachev um, would get the last word on reversals and finish that round on top, take round three, and I believe went unanimous that way. But Wade was very competitive for the first half of that fight, um, which is something which is something to note. Uh, I went back to watch their fights there, and it looks like he's doing a little more switch stance striking, which he's done before, obviously, Chris Wade. Um, but when someone does it to him, it can kind of mess with him. I don't know how much Bubba shifts meaningfully. He doesn't seem to change stands as much, but he obviously primarily fights from Southpaw. Looking at Chris Raid's record against UFC-level Southpaws, I got to go back and look at Loic Radzaboff because I know he wasn't in the UFC when he fought him, but you know, technically that would, I guess, count now because even though he wasn't in the UFC at the time, uh, Radzaboff is in the UFC now. I got to go remember to see if he was a Southpaw or not. Um, Natan Schulte, I believe, was, but again, it was more pressure grappling, which has been kind of a common thread with um, a lot of with a lot of uh, with a lot of uh, Wade's losses. Now, Bubba Jenkins is a guy like I feel like I've only seen his highlights and results throughout his whole career, and never like sat down and watched his whole fights. Watched just a couple today, and it seems like he can stick and move. He can get to his wrestling pressure. Obviously, most of his best takedowns, most successful takedowns, most acquired takedowns seem to be against the fence, um, where Wade can be pushed to. Although, you know, he does some arguable good defense, but it's like stymie and technical stuff that doesn't score well, where it's like impressive to me, but it just doesn't get a credit in the general fan's mind, doesn't score highly in the judges. That is the more thing that scares me, you know, than the wrestling per se. It's more... Wade fighting, you know, he, him clearly winning maybe in people like my eyes, but still ultimately fighting at too close of a margin where you have Bubba Jenkins maybe lands a big shot or it's a big, oh God, I hate to use the word explosive in this case, you know what I'm saying, but like, you know, it, you know, it's a big flashy move or something, you know what I'm saying, like he runs that risk in my mind, whether it's rightful or not, because the guy has done a lot better than he's been get, given credit for too, right, Chris Wade, so say what you will. So, um, yeah, part of me, it's tough. Uh, I had a cancel bout against Olivier, who was a southpaw, but that fight never happened. Um, yeah, yeah, curious. I, I We'll see if I regret not playing it, but that's the only thing I was thinking about playing. Whether it's just a unit um, or a little over a unit to be able to cover the... Uh, you know, try to scheme it so I can cover the half unit of total exposure I have on Bellator with my round sprinkles, if that makes sense. I want to make it so I can kind of, one can maybe hedge out the other, if that makes sense. If I can kind of get the math and numbers to work out that way. And if both lose, then hopefully it's just like, okay, it's, you know, less than two units, maybe no more than 1.5 units of a loss for, the, for two events a whole weekend, which ain't bad, right? Even if we reverse sweep on two bets or whatever it is. Um, that's kind of what I'm looking at here. Um, the rest of the card, 
Um, I'm going to go rewatch their fight and a couple more fights before I decide. And at that point, I'm sure the price would have gotten away from me. I'm probably missing that sweet pocket of the 50 cent discount. Um, but we'll see. Uh, Martin Hamlet, minus 165. Mohamed Fakhreddin, plus 140. No opinion there. Same with Josh Silveria and Sam Kai. Alejandro Flores, Daniel Torres, Jesus Pinedo, Sungbin Joe. I'm familiar with that guy. He's a favorite. Okay. Um, Tyler Flores fighting Delon Monte and Corey Hendricks. Uh, underdog to Impa Kasangani. Slight favorite uh, there. Um... Nothing I'm too into getting action in if you're going live. Uh, shout out to my guy Martin if you're going live, buddy. Enjoy yourself. Anybody else going to this one live, be sure to enjoy yourselves there. But uh, I'll post. Uh, I'll, I still got to add the, because uh, I just put the Aaron Jeffrey round flyers in before the show. So I'll add those in my action network thing and post everything uh, officially. So if anybody wants the tail. Um, and I will post officially for Wade if I end up pulling the trigger there. Um, who knows? We'll see. All right, let's clean up the chat here uh, as we are hour and 15 in. Okay. Uh, All right. Uh, Barton Spackle Crisp says, I'm still new to MMA, but are there bad content creators for MMA? Question mark. He says, like content creators that just want to create content and not put together, like content creators that just want to create content and not to put together thoughtful analysis. And there's a lot of that. And you could say there's bad slash non-thoughtful content out there in all departments. You could also say that bad slash non-thoughtful content does better than it should. Uh, succeeds at a higher rate, both individually and as a whole. Those are all fair, but you know, then you just get into kind of hater city, and I try not to do that. Um, but yeah, there's definitely stuff out there where I'm just like, what the heck, you know, and this and that. But then there's a lot of people that put a lot of time into stuff, and they'll never get, which I definitely sympathize with, they'll never get the love that the videos deserve. So if you feel that way, I, I just suggest putting your energy into promoting and helping and giving love to smaller channels. Or just doesn't matter small or big. If it's genuinely you love the content creator and the content they produce, yeah, just give your love to those channels. You know, vote with your proverbial dollars. If I dare use that saying, Ghost Phantom says, let's give a special shaming shout to Frank Colazzo, an official who was so negligent that he let a fighter go unconscious in a triangle and have his arm broken via armbar. Yeah, I touched on that earlier. Really atrocious stuff, Ghost Phantom. Um, and then he adds, Ghost Phantom adds, then Frank Colazzo got the ju got to judge Sanhagen versus Vera all on the same weekend. Incredible. Yeah, it is. It is It is absolutely awful. Absolutely awful. Um, James Kendrick, Dan, speaking of Frank, he nearly did murder someone, then gave the wrong scorecard, so I think he is evil. Yeah, there's a, maybe there's fair of that. <laughs> James Kendrick adds, what, make, what, what makes you more angry, question mark? Judges not scoring body work and low kicks, not highly, or bad robberies like Dern versus Torres. Well, some of them can be one and the same. Um, I try not to use the word robberies, though. Um, I, I, I guess obviously the latter is more upsetting because, you know, a judge cannot value something highly, but the, the, the right winner may still be landed upon. But if you're referring to just bad decisions, which I think is fair to say, that's a fair way to characterize it both what we're talking about and in particular during Torres. If we're talking about bad decisions, well, those are obviously worse because those definitively, 
You know, other thing is a subjective opinion that may or may not play into the result, but the other thing you're talking about is a definitive result, which definitively makes for half the fighter paycheck, which I am not about. I'm about fighters getting more money, not less. So, yeah, I would say the latter would upset me more. Jimmy Kudo says, Thoughts on Colby getting the title shot according to Dana? Question mark. It seems to have worked in terms of engagement since people are angry about it. I don't even know if Dana is that smart to give him that much credit that he did it for engagement. Um... You know, I, I think that he just worked out a deal with Kobe, Colby, and um, and the UFC is going to do what it's going to do. And again, um, again, you say try to keep politics out of sports or this or that, but like the air quote marketable people, at least according to the UFC, uh, happens to be a similar type, right? And um, and yeah, man. And again, for as much as you want to hate on their political. Uh, I don't even want to say leanings. It's just like their actions, right? Like doing the rounds on these shows. Like maybe you could argue that's what's helping these people. I I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. It's all speculation for me. I'm not in these. I'm not in these meetings. Uh, and you certainly is really hard to even pick it apart from the outside because just like the card structures, there is not a lot of logic to what looks like dart throwing. You know what I'm saying? Like I put more thought into my proverbial betting dart throws with these round props. Than the dart throws that the matchmakers to the UFC president all alike seem to be doing with their matchmaking. I, I wish I could have a better answer for you. I, I don't have one. Um, Rio says in Truesdale, hey, don't worry, Dan, about the political nonsense. Zhang Weili has been dealing with politics BS even though she never talks about it since 2020. So there's that. That is true. And uh, to be honest, um, you know, again, you know, it, Anything even related to or that you wouldn't think is related to but now has been co-opted like, you know, like like save like like save the children or whatever. Um, like, yeah, it, who knows, man? Like it, if anything, maybe she's getting like the heat getting taken off her with all the hate being thrown toward the uh, LGBTQ side. And again, I shouldn't have to say this. I shouldn't have to keep fucking saying this, but apparently it bears worth repeating that. This is a very, you know, hate-filled place, the world, the MMA space, and I want to let you all know that uh, I don't give a crap what your religion or your sexual leanings or preferences or your identification, what you identify as. This is a safe space. You guys are all welcome here, and I would like to consider myself a friend, and uh, hopefully I don't offend uh, at the very least as much as what y'all have to deal with in this space, and I, I hope I'm not contributing to that. Um, so I'm just going to try my best not to be an asshole. That's what I'll do. You guys do what you like. Uh, the Jack Slack timestamp time and playlist project. Mr. Jack Slack has recommended not to follow any bullocks before or after the fights themselves if we really want to enjoy the sport. Yeah, that is true. Uh, the fights are the most important. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a fine line to walk, is it not, right? Um, Ghost Phantom, do you like Nate Landwehr's shoulder feint and retreat strategy? It's pretty similar to Muslim Salikov, but is susceptible to double jab, as we saw with Lingo. I'm going to have to watch that again. That's a great point, though. I'm going to watch that again. Excuse me with that in mind, Ghost Phantom. As per usual, fantastic observation by yourself. Females in the chat, all was good. Olivia, when you, are people in MMA afraid of Asian success? Question mark. I have seen some forums and vids say some really nasty things about the Asian fighters. We'll not name them since it does attract trolls. Yeah, uh, I don't know, you know, I mean, 
you know, you could say fear for anything, right? Like, you know, uh, by the way, you know, you know, fear the black planet. Yeah, I'm, I've been on like a 1990. Uh, I've been going through like a 1990 al hip hop albums of 1990, 91. I've been doing a redive on lately, so I have certain like titles stuck in my head. Um, but yeah, I, uh, you, you you see that brought up and stuff a lot. And sure, it's that whole people fear what they don't know. And that's always true on some level, right? Um, but yeah, I mean, it's the same old, same old. Uh, you know. Um, it really does come from that though, right? You fear what's different and, uh, you know, you throw it, you know, whether it's an Asian person, a black person, you throw us in certain parts of the world. Yeah, we sure as shit look different. And unfortunately, uh, a lot of stuff has been built up over the years because of that. And then, you know, it gets embedded in our culture and, uh, you know, it, it does suck. It's real, but I, I do want to say that you're not imagining it, but I also want to say it, it doesn't feel like it matters what you are these days. <laughs> there is a there is a group dedicated to hating it, it seems like, so that's what it is. Uh, wow, that was really uplifting, Dan. <laughs> wow, sorry. I appreciate the question, though, uh, Olivia Wenyu. Thank you for contributing, of course, and uh, hopefully no hate is sent your way. Jimmy Kudo, I mentioned Third Reich's Duplicia Morning Combat live chat, and I got blocked by Brian Campbell for it. And he mentioned how he supports Third Reich's Duplicy's views. Did he say that? I'm sorry you got blocked for that. I, oh, my goodness. Uh, I'm curious what views he supports because, uh, you know, you want to be careful. uh uh, following uh, Third Reichus off any of the cliffs that guy's going off of. I mean, he sprints so fast, I don't even... Uh, not to defend him, but in his defense, I don't even know where he's... If he sees where he's going half the time, although... You know, I'm definitely not going to give him a pass on all on, uh, the racial stuff. Jimmy Kudo says he got really mad at my comment for no reason. So he saw your comment. I don't... Wow. I, <laughs> I, 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 I was hoping maybe he would uh, appreciate the, uh, the, the comedy of the name. Um... All right, James Kendrick. Overall question for you, Dan. If an MMA fighter in their prime has gotten wins over the top of their division, is that a massive advantage for said fighter against the up-and-comers? Let me read that again. If an MMA fighter in their prime has gotten wins over the top of their division, is that a massive advantage for said fighter against up-and-comers? I will say, unless I'm misunderstanding this, I will say no uh, for one base reason, and then I'll give you also just an example which I feel is unfair because the example involves John Jones um, but um, MMA is a magic dependent sport and experience is an advantage but youth is also an advantage so you can argue that those X's of intangibles cross each other out and ultimately like I just said MMA is a matchup dependent sport at least in my mind um, so I don't know how much it would have to do and then you have things where like you can take out a bunch of guys in your prime that are names, but the question is, are they in their prime, right? Um, you know, that that's what you said. If an MMA fighter is in their prime and has gotten the wins, um, it's more important as if they beat people that were in their primes, not if the fighter himself was in their prime, you know? Uh, if they're post-prime like Dominic Cruz and can still get a win, that's really impressive because he's fighting guys in their prime and he is post-prime, right? Does that make sense? Uh, John Jones, for example, and, and again, not trying to shit on his record and be John Jones, your resident John Jones hater, but he gets accoladed a lot for his, the people he took out, but it was really like guys at the end of it that should have been fighting in a division lower or on their way out or both, right? Um, maybe some not as hard in that characteristic, but definitely on the back half. Okay, maybe not as deep into the back nine as me, 
or you know a John Jones hater might say or something, right? But it's like I'm not taking away from the fighters. I'm not taking away from John Jones' resume. But let's not pretend that he fought guys in the prime of their talent. You know, as far as a certain section of his career that's often referred to. So there's that, right? You know, so 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 sometimes it 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 doesn't matter as much as perhaps maybe it should or we'd like it to. Rio Susan Truesdale asks. Who has more insufferable fan base, John Jones or Israel Adesanya's? I got to go with John Jones, man. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe Izzy's is, is quiet right now with Poetan Pajeda, who next week, baby, the rematch. You see you see Pajeda out there reenacting like, the jackal from Jack Black making his friend uh, there hold the ball with a bow and arrow. And he actually nails it. He doesn't like blow off his arm like Jack Black. Though I will say, none of us, I love Alex Pajeda. I don't want to put this out there. But let's be honest, folks. I'm almost surprised that we haven't gotten a play in MMA bingo that we haven't gotten the square of a second degree manslaughter via bow and arrow, right? I mean, we've had some crazy headlines. We've had, remember when uh, Cowboy Oliveira, there was the one Brazilian cowboy um, gets injured by a hand grenade in a, in, a, in a favela street fight. Remember that one, guys? Like, these are real headlines that happen in our sport. Like, the fact that we haven't had, like, Alex Bahia sec- charged with second degree manslaughter, bow and arrow killing, like... It's coming, folks, and I'm not trying to put that out there, but I saw that today. I'm like, boy, Poetan's playing with fire. Those are some brave friend of his, you know? So, shouts to anybody that gets the um, uh, the Jackal reference. Real Susan Truesdale adds, he says, I'm part of Izzy's fan base, but some of his fans get really annoying. I, good of you to say. Yeah, I, I hear you there, too. Um, that's 2.5 champions. Yeah, you're half a champion. Yep, you're right. I I. I probably barely considered a .5 belt to be honest, but yes, I think that's being kind. <laughs> Not trying to hate on Yair, but let's be honest here. Uh, Jimmy Kudo five nine eight. Speaking of Kat Zingano, she trains with Josh Hinger. Do you think that's why he ha- she has an odd grappling style? Um, it could be. I don't know how long she is training with Josh. Um, because Zingano has like a lot of interesting. She's a real interesting wrestling style too. Um, just remember that takedown she hit on Nunez from the double overs um I don't know the name of that toss or suplex but yeah she's she's got a lot of influences there uh Foxhound that's right baby Ghost Phantom Foxhound Dan knows about the highest ranking in Metal Gear Solid 3 as well as the rank you get in Metal Gear Solid 5 after a perfect run yep I'm on Metal Gear Solid 5 right now I am I've been playing for over a year and I'm only 55% done I'm probably going to play a lot more considering that I, I just stopped The Last of Us 2. I will probably end up picking it back up. It's not for... Again, speaking of, like, dog whistles and stuff, I had to be careful. Like, I didn't even realize, like, uh, the stuff I was playing into by saying I didn't like it because I might get lumped into, like, uh, you know, all the um, women-hating, misogynistic, anti-gay, anti-trans people who hate the game, which is definitely not my reasons for not liking it. I love playing as Ellie. I love the story. Um... I'm just a big fan of writing, and I hate torture porn or shock value porn where it feels like we're just doing it to shock you. You were shocked, right? Like, you know, like, and I might get a lot of shit for this, but this is, and it's not that these were bad movies. I, 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 I admittedly didn't watch half of them, but it's the reason why I, I didn't get excited for and probably stopped watching after, like, the second Saw movie. It's because, like, it comes from a movie cube, and you could also, you know, see influence from Seven and, like, movies again. Oh, Dan standing for the 90s movies because he's a 90s guy. Yes, yes, yes. Throw your criticisms my way. But with, with Saw, it almost felt like, like 
how can we shock you? Like, like what about setup story? They're just like, brutal, brutal kills, bro. Fuck Brutal epic. Like, that's what it felt like. Like, and I was just like, is this what my favorite genre is turning into now? Just who can shock the most? Like, that's what it felt like playing, like, Last of Us. Like, they just wanted you to be miserable and, like, isn't that good writing? That's what good writing is, though. It makes, it makes you feel like, yeah, I guess. Make you feel pissed off. You know, like when Peter Parker choose Parker, kills Uncle Ben's killer, and, like, the guy doesn't even know he's being chased by Spider-Man. He just gets, like, knocked out of a window, and, and our beloved Peter Parker in a kid-friendly PG-13 movie commits murder, right? He, uh, he breaks the Batman rule, and for nothing. He didn't, like, couldn't you have just stopped and been like, Remember my face? Irony? I let you go? That guy you killed my uncle? Oh shit, yeah, oh shit, you fucked up. See ya. I mean, obviously not like that, but I don't know. If I was committing revenge, I would at least want them to know. And uh, considering how passionate I am about doing revenge right, without spoiling anything, uh, yeah, probably not a surprise that I'm not very excited to uh, invest more time <laughs> in the... Uh, in the game I previously mentioned. Again, I'm going to avoid spoilers. If you guys want to chat, throw something in here before I get out of here, can. I will just ask for the sake of other people. Try not to spoil things. I already read and know what happens in the rest of the game, so you're not going to spoil it for me. Um, but no, my issues was more for, yes, yeah, shock porn. And uh, in relation to that, they make you... And this is going to sound like kind of like a weenie, and this isn't really a spoiler, but leave animals out of it like I hate that whether it's you know video games uh, that make you hurt animals or like again this is like a trope in zombie movies and they're using a lot in these like post-apocalyptic movies which I fucking hate because they know it's so weak they bring an animal into it because they know it's going to mess with your emotions like I can't like I stopped watching that movie um, Platform on Netflix that really like I like fucked up films like that like weird films like that's right up a Dan Tom Alley but like you know it's no spoiler, but like, I as soon as a dog shows up, I'm just like, I'm out. I know what they're doing. Nope, you're not, not, not me, motherfuckers. Nope, nope. Like, I get emotional just looking at. I've got amazing dogs that I'm grateful to have. I get emotional looking at them. I don't need to see dogs taken away. So yeah, I, you know, I, my gripes are are, are both weird and 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 arguably very justified. Definitely doesn't veer in any of the, any of that stuff. But yeah, I'm probably gonna be going back to the original question there back to some Metal Gear Solid for me uh, for now <laughs> just kill NPCs and make my own revenge story to make me feel better about it are you a fan of the movie Mannequin with James Spader Mannequin she drives me crazy <laughs> right that song right sorry about that um, <laughs> she drives me crazy and I one of my favorite songs, Nothing's Gonna Stop Us. Oh, yeah. So we can be this way together. I do. I, I want to, you know, like, <laughs> whether someone's riding on the motorcycle or I'm comically, like, riding behind someone holding them, like, I gotta, you got to blast that mannequin song, you know, and just go, just go full 80s, you know, to where, uh, you know, if you were in the 90s, your friends would be calling you homophobic things. Like, that. that is... That is, that is such an awesome scene. Uh, <laughs> or are you much more of a Dirty Dancing movie like your boy Jordan Levitt? I watched Dirty Dancing probably more than Mannequin because of my sister. Uh, I watched whatever my, my sister watched. I don't know if you guys have an older sibling who babysitted you. If you had a similar effect where you ended up watching a lot of what they watched. 
So yeah, I, I definitely watched uh, Dirty Dancing, but like, uh, you know, I do with all, all my girlfriends I've had since and, and my girlfriend now, um, I'm usually not allowed to watch too much of any movie or TV show with them before I'm kicked out at some point for talking and trolling and uh, <laughs> ruining the experience. So, you know, there's that. Uh, I'm going to get to the last of these. Barton Smaggle Chris. I've seen a lot of criticism on big Ma John McCarthy's commentary since he seems to get things wrong and get off topic. Do you agree with the criticism? I must know your opinion so I can use it. I like big John McCarthy more than most and more than you might expect. I'm a big, big John McCarthy fan. Uh, I, I respect him greatly. He was easily top three always of our guests on MMA Junkie Radio just because he is full of so many stories and so much experience that you have to respect and was such a knowledgeable source. Um, I would argue he still is because he just knows he has forgotten more than most people know for and that's including everything he does get wrong. He has still forgotten more than most people know and I think that needs to be acknowledged and respected whether or not you like the guy or his style of commentary. That being said, I do understand why people don't like him. I do understand why people don't like his style of commentary. Um, and yeah, uh, I, I I hope that you know. I think what happens too, and I definitely you know, uh, you know, the, I know I look ten years younger and act twenty years older. The act twenty years older part of me definitely has some of that curmudgeon-y old man in me, where you just get certain things stuck in your head. No one can tell you different. Maybe there's some of that, which is normal. Um, but yeah, uh, am I the biggest fan of his commentary style, or do I think he's a, a some great commentary? With all due respect, no, uh, no, and I wouldn't tell you otherwise. Um, that being said, I I do believe um, the man should always have a place in some shape or form, should he want it in this sport, for how as much as he's been a part and helped shape it going back to the earlier days. So um, I got nothing but respect for Big John here, as controversial as that may be. Uh, but am I like his biggest fan? No. Am I a fan of his commentary style? Uh, no. For what it's worth. All right. James Kendrick. Very well thought answer to my question and love the John Jones reference for clarity. Thank you, sir. Appreciate that. Glad I was able to get it okay. Jimmy Kudo, what are your thoughts on talking heads of MMA media like the people who like to talk about hot takes? Um, hats off to them. I'm not going to hate on them because even though it's not my style, it's very tough. Uh, Jimmy Kudo adds to go back to the cat thing. I asked on her IG how long she trained with him, and it's been six years. Oh, okay, six years. That makes sense. But your first question, Jimmy, yeah, um, it's not my thing, but I will say it's hard. It's harder to do than you realize. I, 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 if you notice, I'll do this show spinning back click sometimes, and I'm very grateful to do it. And it's fun to chop it up uh, with my colleagues and friends there on MMA Junkie uh, YouTube channel. Um, good news in that department. You guys are going to see be seeing more content from me. Uh, negotiations went well, let's just say. But, um, but yeah, uh, you know, on that show, we're not on a timer anymore, and no one's telling us to say hot takes or you need to think this because I think that we need to descend. Like, no, it, 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 it's pretty damn organic from what you see to what you get, folks, for what that's worth. Um, but would I be lying that we don't all feel the urge as media members on a show with the way shows have been platformed, with the way human nature engagement and how those two things play into each other in this day and age? Am I going to tell you that that all doesn't encourage us to say hot takes and stupid stuff? It actually does, which is why even though I am not a fan and I'm definitely, you're definitely not going to see me caping for a, a guy like Brendan Schaub or anything, but I do defend whether it's MMA commentary 
or anybody in a position like a Brendan Schaub, where you just have, you're in a, whether it's commentary, a podcast, video, or audio, if you're in a position, you just have to talk. You're going to say some stupid stuff that you're going to say wrong, that you're going to say mischaracterized. Um, some of it may be a window into your line of thought that is faulty and maybe needs to be corrected. But some of it, honestly, might not even be your thoughts, might not represent you at all. You may forgive me for using this analogy incorrectly. I am someone with actual Tourette's, so maybe that gives me the credence to use. I don't know. Maybe you have a kind of, uh, let's say, a Tourette's-esque, and I mean that in an all due respect, not some blanket term, kind of a moment, and you just say something like, I think we've all kind of had those moments. So don't get me wrong, definitely. I don't even know if you can defend some of the things some people have said in this space, but not that I would try to. But I will say, as far as misspeaking goes, right? And I'm not taking the accountability away from whatever is spoken. As far as misspeaking goes, oh my God, that is human nature, especially in these kind of uh, these kind of uh, platforms. Um, so yeah, it's it, it's it's hard to do. And when you're trying to, or in a thing where you have to give hot takes, you're almost more prone to do it. So I actually kind of get nervous when I do those shows because you guys know me, everything is very well thought. I'm like OCD, literally. Again, not to use a term loosely, it's something I legitimately have, but you know. Uh, Rio says in Truesdale, non-MMA related question, are you a fan of the Pokemon genre? Uh, I loved it as a kid. Um, I think I was, I was a kid uh, in the 90s, so elementary school. I think like Pokemon Blue and Red came out, and that was fun, and then that was about it. I don't even know if I even beat those. I played those for a couple years, and by the time like Pokemon Snap and stuff came along, it was like, you know, in junior high, high school at that point, I think, or whatever, so it's too cool, you know, um, but like, you know, I, I still make references or whatever. I don't know. I always think of like, you know, I always think of Graveler when Tony Gravely fights, because like certain names will be like that. But like, yeah, I don't, I can't, can't tell you any Pokemon lore. Um, I just had Pokemon Blue. That was it. I liked Squirtle, baby. Uh, Dan, are you a '90s guy? Rock on, brother. I love the '90s. I was born in '85, but yeah, all my references, in case you didn't notice, are very '90s strong. Barton Spackle, Chris. Dan, you speak about MMA in a very thoughtful, interesting way. I really appreciate that. Thank you. I try, I try to, but. It's part of the reason why I try to do the work so I'm not completely talking out of my ass, which you're going to get more of that on this kind of a show because it's a little more loose. Olivia, when you, my friend, who does BJJ, has gotten into wrestling lately and said that her class gets injured a lot, I was thinking of joining BJJ. Do you think wrestling helps? Wrestling definitely helps, but injuries can happen in both. Um, they are not jujitsu is not the gentle art because if you think it's the gentle art where well, you're going to think wrestling something without submissions is even more gentle right <laughs> wrong <laughs> wrestling is probably rougher especially if you're wrestling in the right places and it's very hard on the body so um i would work on body maintenance if you want to do wrestling because injury is not uncommon and yes wrestling is very helpful though i strongly suggested to do your jujitsu and people who know and can express this better than me there's an arguable point if you're trying to earn ranks in jiu-jitsu where when you get to purple belt to really start progressing into that brown belt. It's not like super technical moves and fancy moves are making the difference at that point. It's fundamentals and a lot of wrestling that actually can separate you, even from a jiu-jitsu perspective. Um, goes Phantom Dan, I don't know about you, but for any of the metal gear I like to not kill anyone and be a complete ghost as my namesake, perfectionist style, if you will. I like that as well. As much as it's fun to like shoot stuff and go crazy, um, I'm more of a silent guy, but see, I'm like kind of a both. I like being silent and brutal. So like, I'll try to go stealthy like, but 
give me like I'm sneaking up on Michael Myersing people. I'm slitting their throats. I'm choking them out, and I'm using silenced weapons. Like I love silenced weapons. Just it's fun. Um, which was a which was a plus on Last of Us too. They give you um, silenced weapon. They actually had some really fun of that kind of stealth gameplay that I just explained. Like. You can actually do that pretty well with the gameplay of Last of Us 2 for positive notes on that. Rio says in Truesdale, do you like Starbucks cookie straws with a venti double chocolate chip frappuccino? Uh, I have never tried any of those. Are those good? I am I am complete opposite. Um, uh, I just, I'm a simple like black coffee guy, man. Um, yeah, I was feel bad. I was go like the only Starbucks I go to is when I'm like staying in Hawaii on Waikiki. I go to the one on the corner. Right below uh, Lulu's Cafe, where I go for breakfast, and then I'm like, I, I stopped going there because I'm like, why am I paying for this overpriced coffee? I'm like that asshole. I go in here, and I either get black, or if I'm in Hawaii, maybe I'll be like, ooh, I'll get Kona coffee, and then I find out they have to like take longer to make it, and I'm like, I don't want to wait longer. I don't want to make them work harder. I'll just take a black coffee at the crappy place down the street. <laughs> I'm at that point, you know. I tried to get a little bougie, as my hipster-esque would lead me, as you would think, but no, no, black coffee is good for me. Uh, Jimmy Kudo, how come about five more minutes then I'll get out of here folks a um, couple more questions how come we rarely see the left hook to the body and right low kick from orthodox fighters referring to the duchy it's right isn't that one of the most beautiful combinations yeah it passed the duchy to the left hand side I wanna I wanna throw it like Jose Aldo um, that's a weird takeaway from the song but yeah I, I like the duchy uh, yeah I, I, I wish I would see it uh see it more um i actually i worked on some dutchy combinations from southpaw actually and you can even hit it with an open stance you got to vary your targets a bit but it's, there's still some fun things you can do with that combination um even if you're not orthodox michael panza dan do you think mma junkie radio will ever return in the future they are uh, in podcast form um two days a week with georgian goes you can get that on apple Podcasts and georgian go uh, the triple g show uh the go, uh, Gorgeous George and Goes show, Triple G. Um, that's on Patreon. So if you're supporting any shows on Patreon and you're missing your junkie fix, go check them out. In fact, those guys have been stepping it back up. Um, I don't know. Again, you know, since the serious happened right before the pandemic, the pandemic happened. There's a big reformatting uh, of things going on. But, like, have you seen, like, George and Goes' interviews lately? Like, they look so amazing. They're they're crazy good studio setup. They already have excellent rapport as OGs who've been interviewing fighters in this game as long as slash longer than anybody you could probably think of. Um, all respect. So uh, there, there, there's a plug. Good question. There's, there, there, there's a much-deserved plug for them. Rio says in Truesdale, since we get a Zhang Weili reference in here, I noticed how she likes to throw body kicks. Do you consider her underrated body hunter? I don't know about underrated, but I'm glad she's incorporating it more. She does attack all three levels, and I just think that in general is underrated. James Kendrick says, We have a term in Drake show called manipulative BS in terms of bad matchmaking. Do you think the Bellator MVP treatment is bad? I, I thought it was, but they've actually gotten better, and now we were like quietly seeing him being matched up against good guys. Um, so I, I try not to throw so much shade his way or their way for that, not that their matchmaking or their organization, you know, is, is beyond criticism. No one is. Um, still a good example to use, so I don't blame you for using it there. But in their defense, they've gotten a bit better with Michael Page, as they should, like, finally, right? 
Um, who knows? But uh, Barton Spackle, Chris, do people who train MMA have better opinions than those who do not? I don't know about better opinions. You know what I'm saying? Maybe maybe they have more informed opinions about MMA, but because they train in an MMA gym, they may have gathered some opinions outside of MMA that might not be so good. Uh, <laughs> so that's a tricky question there. I will say this, though. Like I always say, to the betters, bet to your edge. You know, if you're a former fighter, bet to that edge. If you're a guy who watches a lot of fights, you might not be a former fighter, but you'd be surprised on how much more relevant facts and how much more accurate your knowledge may be in certain departments than a fighter themselves because the fighters don't do the research often. They don't follow the sport closely as often, right? Um, if you're a media person, interviews, being there live at the shows, seeing how these fighters are, this or that, that's your edge because that's something that you know and have been a part of and can see and have access to. So whatever your edge is, it doesn't have to necessarily be training it, although... It's never bad to understand what you're getting into in any respect, right? But yes, you got to find what your edge is and, and bet to that. That doesn't mean you can't improve your edge or develop another edge by enrolling yourself into some jiu-jitsu, some MMA gyms, you know? Uh, so yeah, not not a bad idea. Um, Ghost fan, I'm almost out of here. Got asked, do you like Splinter Cell? Another stuff. I haven't played Splinter Cell. It's, it's supposed to be a great stealth game, though. Um, I just Metal Gear and Siphon Filter uh, took over my life. Pretty much any any stealth game where the protagonist sounds like a sex offender that is uh, that just released a load or something, you know? Uh, <laughs> those are the games I'm into. Sorry. Isn't that true, though, right? He's like, Gabe, right. Like, Snake, are you there? Yeah. This is Snake. Copy. Like, Snake, are you okay over there? Like... <laughs> Like, why do they all sound like they are just like, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're in their refractory period. Like, they just finished or something. Um, wow. Uh, striking Curious. i never seen this person in here. We'll get get to this question before we get out of here. Dan, do you think Tatiana Suarez uh, dominates at 115 and wins the belt? Um, I, I, I would put a future bet on her if you gave me a good number. I'll put it that way. But, yeah, she's been my, uh, and many's canary in the coal mine. It's just how does she bounce back, you know? She handled business. Um... But was it up a weight? Was it the layoff? Was it Montana De La Rosa looking better? Um, we still got a lot more to see from Suarez. I'm excited to see it, though. She's got a good team around her. Um, James Kendrick, can a good game plan defeat a good game? Uh, a great fighter? Of course it can. Wrestlers dipping their head to the power side for head kicks. Bless you, Dan. Yeah, that, that is an interesting thing with the Chris Wade thing because, you know, I was like, ooh, he's doing the southpaw kick, uh, Chris Wade. He's facing a wrestler. But that wrestler is actually a southpaw fighter, so less dips to the right side, but is a southpaw. Still a weak side, so we'll see. We'll see if I end up betting Wade. I am on Jeffrey's uh, round two TKO plus 500 point a quarter unit, and a quarter unit on round three Jeffrey's TKO plus 600 at Bet Online. My only bets right now, we'll see if I get there with Chris Wade money line. I don't know. That's about it as far as this weekend goes. Uh, Loved the video game talk. Loved all the random talk. Oh, shout out to my guys on the grappling hour, by the way. Uh, Rafa Sparza there. Uh, shout out to him. Uh, and then also shout out to Say Os Again Podcast, my other grappling fellas there. Also, Turmeric Tonic, D loves. Uh, D loves underscore turmeric underscore tonic on Instagram. The turmeric tonic.com. If you want some turmeric with a little bit of ginger and lemon in there mix, I got I to gotta hit up my guy Derek and re up. Uh, but you type in code. Protect 15 for 15% off. You can get it there. Um, thank you guys for the five star ratings and reviews. Uh, MixedMartialAnalyst.com supports this here shit show. I didn't uh, 
Not going to do Amazon reads because I went longer filling time with random stuff. But uh, yeah, use the click through there, mixedmarshallanalyst.com. It's my website. On the right-hand side, you'll see PayPal banners for secure PayPal links if you want to donate to the show straight up, the free show to, just to support it. Or if you want to just, uh, at no extra cost of your own, no extra dime, no extra pennies, you just click through Amazon or click through on it before doing your shopping, if you shop at either of those two places. And uh, a small percentage of your purchase at no extra charge to you gets kicked back to this year's show. And it really does help. Um, on it won't tell me what you bought, but Amazon will. Now, don't worry, it won't tell me who you are. It won't give me a credit card number or anything. So if you want to go crazy and have one night in you know, Bangkok and have at it with David Carradine, special to Silk Ghee, you know, a little bit of vibrating nut jokes, whatever floats your boat. Again, like I said, this is a judgment-free zone. You do whatever you want, just click the banner first and have at it. Uh, I really appreciate it. Um, uh, let's see. Well, I'm actually pulling it up now. Let's see if anybody bought anything in the last week. Did we get any movement on it last week? Uh, again, not for the on it, but for the Amazon. Did we get any uh, any buys? Uh, oh. There we go. Earning. Uh, somebody bought Lynch. Linko Home Six Drawer Dresser and Shelves. That was not cheap. Thank you for buying furniture through that. That actually helps a lot. Thank you. Appreciate that, whoever bought that. You want to support again? MixedMarshallAnalyst.com supports this year free program, the Protect Your Neck Podcast. Uh, if you don't want to support that way, honestly, at the PYM Podcast at Dan Tom MMA, as you can see uh, here, there with the creepy thumbs up there, uh, the name tag on the screen. That's where you can find me mostest. Although I don't know about that. Twitter's like gonna get rid of the blue checks and like eh, just misinformation for all. God damn that Musk guy fucked shit up. Um, Oh god. Anyways, but yeah. So I I, I don't know. Uh, at Dan Tom MMA. In fact, because of that, this is the last week where I'll have the blue check mark probably. So if you guys want to give me any kind of shouts, I'll try to get you guys retweeted. I'm not a big guy or a big self promotion guy, but I'll try to do that and give your guys count some shares both from uh, the podcast account at the PYM podcast and my podcast. If you just want to just feel like sharing anything, not that there's much going on this week, not that I deserve it, but if you want to, go ahead get those numbers up while we can. Before I blend into just another person. Um, which apparently Instagram is selling their blue checks too, so I'm not even trying to get it there. Um, I'm just going to be me, Dan, Dan Tom MMA, if you want to follow me. That's where you can find me on both uh, places. Again, MixedMarshallAnalyst.com to support this show. Click through banners to the right. It all helps. Five-star ratings and reviews. Likes and thumbs up on this video. Thank you very much. Subscribe if you want to participate and uh, yeah uh, last question before we get out of here we got great show Mr. Tom ah oh, thank you very much Alvin Yakatori. Uh let's all encourage each other and help those less fortunate I agree Alvin Yakatori and striking purists uh, who I haven't seen on this before like your Avi sir how do you get better understanding of grappling and striking if you don't train MMA um honestly just watching it is the best understanding and watching actual breakdowns from analysts who you know I actually might not be your best for that um, because you have to consume a lot to get the details and I don't know what details you want whereas there are people like uh, I, I believe Lawrence Kenshin I don't know how active he is but he's a good striking analyst Jack Slack has stuff there's a lot of great boxing analysts out there and that can still teach you stuff you can convert to MMA and your striking knowledge as far as the sweet science goes um, a lot of, again follow accounts like the fight site and all the analysts from there uh 
you know, uh, Fenyo from the fight side does excellent video work, always has. Um, Miguel Class does really an excellent follow on Twitter for like digestible stuff on your timeline. He'll do like real digestible threads. But when he focuses on something or this or that, like when, with, the, with the text and stuff, like I don't really do that kind of work. And those kind of analysts, bless you for your work on YouTube. Um, those are those kind of uh, breakdowns, like specific, like, you know, a breakdown of Dominic Cruz's game or a breakdown of so-and-so striking game. Like those kind of analysis pieces, which I don't do, um, are going to be for you. Uh, as far as more pieces for me, aside from these uh, ranty-ass breakdowns that I at least timestamp and keep in the same format for you guys, um, again, I'm going to be real frugal with my time, like I hinted coming up. Uh, I got the green light on it, so you guys are going to see more top fives, which hopefully means more podcast content, actually, if anything. Um, I may still have a hard time with the week-to-week grinds. Those may still kill me. But I am going to be doing the work that I've been wanting to do, which is more historical recap, more top fives more fighter top five highlights that you'll be seeing via MMA Junkie and corresponding versions and links to here, right? And I'll also be doing event recaps where I'll be going to an event from the past. You guys can help chime in on this stuff, whether it does not doesn't have to be UFC either. I'm going to be visiting all sorts of events all the way back from the 90s and so forth and be doing reviews on them and writing them up. But to make that more fun and to add more of a dynamic and perhaps to kill two birds with one stone, is uh, I'm thinking about making the homework that I have to do for those articles involving you guys and, and, and you know, uh, maybe doing a live watch along. If I have to write up the event, why don't, uh, for, for Junkie, why don't I watch the event live here uh, so you guys can join me live and or have a commentary track for a semin- uh, cinema for the historical history fans uh, uh, portion of the pie of this podcast, right? And it can live on uh, YouTube, so it's like a commentary track there. And uh, that'll fuel me with some, fuel you with some entertainment, and that'll uh, leave me with probably plenty of laughs and ideas to write about. Um, and I'll only be doing those one a month, so it's a reasonable number to shoot for. Maybe we can call those Cinema Sundays. We can sit down on a Sunday before we get lost in the week, and just knock out a card on a Sunday. You can kick back, have a couple drinks with me, and uh, we'll watch a we'll, we'll watch a card back on Fight Pass or something. Please let me know what you guys think of that, um, whether it's in the chat, the comments, uh, at Dan Tom MMA. I want feedback what you guys think of those. But, yes, um, more top five shows, m- more more everything coming your way, So, which means i got to be more better with my schedule timing. I'm going to do that. Hopefully I'll get some good news, and hopefully I don't have a her- another hernia when I go to the doctor tomorrow. Hopefully good vibes there. And hopefully you guys have a good weekend, whether you're watching the MMA or not. You're enjoying yourself, you're enjoying life, you're being grateful, you're getting out there. Use this week as an excuse to do something that you don't normally get to do. Fill your time with something else. Uh, Or if you do want to still stick to MMA, then yes, there are organizations that deserve your time and attention. I strongly recommend it. Uh, Again, I'm only looking at the Wade money line. I haven't pulled the trigger, and my only bet so far for any card is on Bellator. That's Jeffrey, round 2 TKO, plus 500 quarter unit, round 3 TKO, plus 600 quarter unit. So that is my recap. Um, Cinema Sunday or Dan Tom's Film Room? Yeah, maybe we, we can bounce names around. Good, good, good shout there, James Kendrick. Rio Susan Truesdale. Cinnamon Sunday sounds incredible. Okay, sounds like something you guys would be into. Uh, that'll be awesome. Okay, so that's gonna probably start this next month, actually. So be on the lookout for that. Maybe we'll do. Fuck it, we'll do it live. We'll do the first one live. You guys can join in. Um, maybe we'll do my favorite UFC Fight Night 13, the best UFC Fight Night ever. Who knows, baby? You know I got a well to, to pull at you guys. So, thanks for the feedback. Keep it coming. Good luck on your picks and plays, and always protect your neck. <laughs>